There's a tiny door in my office, Maxine. It's a portal, and it takes you inside John Malkovich. You see the world through John Malkovich's eyes, and then after about 15 minutes, you're spit out into a ditch on the side of the New Jersey Turnpike. Sounds great. Who the fuck is John Malkovich? Simple man, dude. I like lollipops in my mouth, butter in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode like, of Fascinated with Films. Possibly of hit and record. But <laughs> <laughs> that's what you, know you want to broadcast in the world. <laughs> oh, what's this Fascinated with Films about? I'm going to check this out for the first time. Butter in my ass. <laughs> that was not from an indie film. Do you remember that was from? Yeah, that was from Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. That was um, Philip Baker Hall. Yeah, he was like, I'm the best cocksucker there ever was. <laughs> oh, Already brought his kids. This is me sons and me daughters. Oh, remember, these are the future of the industry. Like, yeah. Oh, man, you brought your, your creepy kids to the party? No, I, I think it was new talent. He was That were his kids, though. I, I don't think, think his, I don't think it was his real. Kid. I think it was. Was it? Yeah, it was creepy, dude. <laughs> they were all like pimply and nasty. Yeah, it was gross. Yuck. <laughs> so let's go back on that. <laughs> Anything interesting? Oh, we had a loss. Did you hear who died yesterday? Yeah. It was sad man, Rip, Rip Torn. Torn. I love Rip Torn, man. Who names their kid Rip? Well, someone is going to go in. Uh, it's got to be a stage. No, name, it is right? a stage. Name. Okay. Yeah, well, that's yeah. like uh, there's a guy who was on Saturday Night Live. His name is Taron Killam. Oh, he's oh, yeah. awesome, man. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah he's, he's awesome. awesome. He's dating you know? uh, Scott Johansson. I, I think they're engaged. No, no, no. That's, uh, that's not him. Uh, you're that's thinking Colin of Colin oh, yeah, Jolson. Yeah, yeah, that's is, right. They're uh, getting married. They yeah. look similar, though. Yeah. I get them confused. Uh, yeah, they both are pale, pasty white dudes. They look similar to me. They do kind of look alike. Uh, other than the Saturday Night Live, the only thing I know... Uh, what was his name again? Taron Killam. Taron. Uh, yeah. The only thing I know him from is that Heat. He was the bad guy in Heat. Oh, yeah? Uh, with uh, Millis McCarthy. Yeah. I saw... Um, and it was actually very good. You wouldn't think it would be, but that Dirt, Dirt, that Motley Crue movie. Oh, I would imagine it would be really good. Is it well, documentary? It's a, no. Oh, really? It's, it's well, a, then maybe not. It's a movie. <laughs> Somebody was telling me based about on that a, the other day. Based on the book that the four of them oh, okay, wrote. Oh, okay, okay. But it's it's not all like crazy exploitations like you would no. think it was. Like they, there was a human, there was some humanity to it. So it was documentaries actually like, for, uh, but it wasn't a documentary. Musicals. It was just a movie. No, I meant not uh, movies for musical stars is huge right now because of the Elton John, the queen one. Didn't we just, we just saw like a trailer for one, the, uh, the beginning Elton of Spider Man. Oh, um, they, they did another, and I was thinking, man, they're making so many of those, uh, documentary movies now. I I'm not sure. I know is. big boy is playing, um, uh, who's the guy? Barry Gordy. In, oh, interesting. In, uh, That's an interesting one to see because they'll definitely do Last Dragon stuff. I, I'm hoping they are. I think so it's. People. Oh, I know. Um, I think it's the Debarge story though. But he plays Barry yeah, Gordy yeah. because of that. But I'm really hoping. Well, they even drop if they're talking Last about Dragon Debarge, they'll be talking about Last Dragon because that's how they got famous. Was off of that movie. Uh, there was another trailer that I thought was so. I was telling Dave a little bit about it that I think is just such an ingenious idea, and it, I, it always makes me happy when I see something like this because you can tell it just that filmmakers and producers are really thinking. Was that trailer for the new? And I haven't seen the first one yet, but and I'll maybe I'll watch it over these next couple weeks. My my wife's gone on vacation. Is uh, the Jumanji? That, oh yeah, the that, second that one. That sequel, working. Dan, uh, so Danny DeVito and uh, Danny Glover are like friends or something of one of the uh the main kids that were in jumanji and they're all visiting him and they get sucked into the game and they don't have time to pick their characters and everything mm -hmm. but the idea that kevin hart can be doing a 
Danny, an old Danny Glover yeah. impression through the whole movie. My thighs. Look at my thighs. <laughs> and the same with uh, The Rock doing an impression of Danny DeVito. Oh, my whole God. Movie. And I love that part uh, where he's like, what does smoldering stare mean? Yeah. And then like he just does that stare. Like, it's so funny, dude. Yeah, no, so I, gonna, I'll have it, to watch the first one because that second one looks The brilliant. first one was really good, yeah. dude. I mean. No, you know, I could it, tell I was going to like it. It wasn't better than the original, but it's it, different, it was though. good. Yeah, I have a feeling I'd really like it. I love all those people. The concept people was kind of cool. <clears throat> I love all those people in it. The uh, the redhead from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, is really really uh, funny and everything she's done. Mm-hmm. I can't remember her name. It's like Kieran. Oh, I'm not she's sure. the one who plays the the blue girl in Yeah Guardians, yeah yeah uh, Nebula. Yeah, uh, but that looks great too. So yeah, anything else happened this week? Nothing exciting. Uh, I just threw in a wild card on my list. Oh, did you know? <laughs> something, we, something we mentioned here? Yeah, just now. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, you have right. to get permission. Don't you have to get? Last Dragon was a big budget movie. Yeah. So just saying. <laughs> nope, not that. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna be talking indie flicks, and I, this is one of my favorite categories. We really should be doing several parts of these. Maybe we'll go back and do a part two because it can cover so much. I mean, you really go through and think of all your favorite directors, almost their first film, other than maybe. Michael Simeo, who did Deer Hunter, that might be the only person I could pull out that's first movie was a fucking oh, yeah. who, blockbuster. Uh, who who had who had a vision that he would be good? I don't like know. Someone must have saw something. The in script him before I, th- that, he, I pre- probably wrote the script too. They probably did. The I think James Francis Ford Coppola <clears throat> stood over his shoulder and was like, "Direct one bad yeah. scene." Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They were like, "We'll and yank he, him." Out. And he had. Uh, built his chops up doing several movies before that. That wasn't his like first film. He and he had yeah. gone to film school yeah, yeah. and everything. Uh, another guy that could probably be on that list. I'd have to pull, pull up his filmography. Is James Mangold, who did. He's famous for Walk the Line, and I think he's done a couple of the Bond movies now. But his first movie was Copland, and he wrote it. And I remember there was a story. That's Stallone, really. <clears throat> yeah. Well, the story was that uh, the producers had got a hold of the script, and they loved it, and they and they were like excited. Yes, yeah, so let's make this. And they were like, well, there's one exception: the screenwriter won't sell it to us unless he directs it. And they were like, let him do it. So he got huge, and that was a big movie. I mean, I wonder. There's a lot of directors probably leverage that. Yeah. Yeah, like if you, if you like, like the script, script, you're gonna have to let me do it. Yeah, but it's. I mean, that was Rocky. scary. Rocky did that. Yeah, I mean, he did that too. But that was also starring in it. That that's wasn't true. directing. That's even, it. Uh, directing right. it is even scarier, I would think. But I mean, producers with leverage. their money. Yeah, I guess you always have the producers there to kind of take the slack. Plus, and, you, I guarantee you, the first AD has directed feature films. Before. Absolutely. It's <laughs> yeah. like so he it's can like jump the guys, in. Uh, and he, it's like, yeah, what you need to do. I'm on a very this qualified scene. first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> director. It's like the real guys controlling the White House, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guarantee I'm the Dick Cheney of, yeah. of no directors. Exactly. Oh man. Yeah, you did a fantastic job. But I remember in the '90s, there's always been indie movies in '70s, '60s, and '70s. You think of all the Corman movies and everything that could easily have been on here. But the '90s were a huge. Uh, decade for me when movies by Quentin was coming out and he was pushing the envelope and then other producers were giving young talent uh, really good kind of uh, opportunities to do some uh, really great stuff so I don't know what dates you guys got on yours but I think the um, 90s are a big one I don't know what my dates are but the the advent of the High resolution digital digital camera. camera yeah, is yeah. you didn't need to shoot on film no. if you don't have to shoot once on you, film once it, once they made it accessible to people to pick up a digital camera yeah. and go to work. I don't you don't know. have when to have Blair setups. Witch? That was late, early 2000s. Blair Witch was, I, I think it was 99. 99. Isn't it 99 or 98? I think and it's that. And that. Sh- that was shot for like 600,000. That wasn't even Sounds like a lot of money, but believe me. But that wasn't even. That is an indie what was it? film. 99. 99. Boom. 
telling you, 99 was a huge year. Three of my movies on my list are from 1999. So go and through. And to know Blair Witch is on there too. under a million Signs, dollars. Signs was, was 1999. Uh, indie movie. Oh, yeah. Then. You know, Signs was 99, and as big budget as that is, that's M. Night Jamelin's first movie. So Was it? I mean, hmm. that was another instance where he just kind of nailed it. But, so in, it's weird with the indie flicks because you can easily think indie comedies. Indie comedies might be the easiest thing to do, especially with the digital cameras now because you there's no setups. So you just record, 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 right. cut it all I would say I would say indie horror, horror movies. I would say indie horror because indie comedies, you got to find funny people. And that's not Yeah, but indie horror, you need special effects. If you find funny people, you you don't have to pay anymore. But you can... (laughs) Special effects, you can get good at that quick if you just practice. But it gets expensive, too. Not... I don't think so. Oh, the more... The more effects you the, want to do, true, the more expensive it's going to be. If, but if like you get Robin movie, Williams to do your indie flick, then that's all you do. I mean, you don't need anything else. Robin Williams is not going to do your indie flick. <laughs> well, not anymore. Why, why not, Dave? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's dead. <laughs> I have to be the one Fuck to say that. First rip torn, now this. You're killing this here. Uh, so, yeah. Horror movies, for sure. Action. I mean, every genre really has, other than maybe sci-fi. Action's hard. Sci-fi has to be super contained. Yeah. Like Moon. You could do Moon for cheap if you use backgrounds and stuff like that and everything. Maybe. But uh, most of sci-fi, I think, is going to be a little bit out there. Mm. But there's one. There's, it's not on any of our list, but it's it's good to mention it. There's, How do you know? He a, it. No, it's not this. <laughs> it's the sci-fi horror uh, one that you told me yesterday that you can't even watch again. Oh. What's that? Cube. Cube, man. Oh, yeah. Have you I, seen Cube? I haven't seen it's Cube crazy. or The Cell, and I always get the two of them mixed up. Both but really I, good. Yeah, and yeah. I, I've They're both all... C-words. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. Well, one <laughs> of them... One syllable. One yeah, of them exactly. cost probably... Uh, nine hundred thousand to do, and the other one cost probably uh, twenty six million. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cube, so there's a difference there. Cube was really great. It was all just about the sets and everything, but it yeah. was uh, it was creepy as shit, man. That was a great example of some uh, some and. Uh, do you have that movie on your list? Movie. Them? <laughs> yes. I, I don't want to say it because it maybe when they were walking through the desert. No. Okay. On a horse Jerry. with no name? No. <laughs> Jerry. Jerry. That, talk about all indie Gus Van Zant's movies are all indie, really, to be honest with you. Talk what? about indie. The whole movie is just them in the daytime walking through the desert. Oh, I remember you guys telling me about Most that. Most people hate it. Yeah, most people, most people don't <laughs> hated like it. it. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was very egregious. <laughs> just for a couple of the shots that happened later on in the film, it was worth uh, watching and everything. But there was, if you're into that type of director, because you think uh, when I think indie directors, uh, that because some indie directors will start off indie and then get huge. Quentin Tarantino is a good example of that. But there's other indie directors that are always going to be indie. You mm-hmm. got. Uh, Jim Jarmusch. Jim Jarmusch is always going to be indie, uh, whatever he does. Because <laughs> it's depressing as shit. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, he wants it simply done. He uses a similar act, same actors uh, in uh, a lot of his flicks. What and, are some you know, of his movies? I'm not familiar. Uh, one of them's on my list, but the new one that's oh. in the theater, uh, Dead, what was the zombie movie with Bill Murray? Oh, I, I Dead can't. to Me or Dead Yeah, I don't something. remember the name, but I know what you're talking uh, about. He had, uh, Down by Law was always one of my uh, favorite movies uh, that he did. He did a black and white Roberto one. Benigni. That's probably the Roberto okay. Benigni uh, one when he was, they were three different guys in prison together. Yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. them escaping. It was really cool. Uh, 
But let's see what everyone has decided to go here. I'm waiting for Justin to throw a big budget movie at us and then argue that it's Cindy. We got uh, that. We got that happening here. Uh, no, actually, we don't. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. We'll so. Be the judge of that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm just. I had wrong. to get. I had to get one approved because yeah. I thought I didn't know whether it was what was being that's considered like Titanic. <laughs> Is that not Indy? <laughs> Fuck. Maybe I do need to go back to my original list. Uh, um, all right. It. So this one is uh, more of a more recent movie. It's 2017. This is my wild card oh. with Taron Killam. Oh, nice. um, this is a movie called Killing Gunther. Killing Gunther. Never heard of it. Okay. Never even heard of it. I was wondering. I was just going to say. I was wondering what he had been doing. Apparently, he's been killing Gunther. Well, he's yeah. Going to tell you <laughs> who else is in this movie? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Really? Uh huh. Um, Bobby Moynihan. I love Bobby. Moynihan. He's so great. So he must be dr- dragging the uh, the SNL kind of. Uh, Lineup for I, yeah, there's a couple more of them. Um, see your, yeah, go for it. Here. So basically, what this movie is about is Taron Killam is a hitman, and he's the second best hitman in the world. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is the best hitman in the world, and he's oh, yeah. he's Gunther. The only other person I know is they. That's from the Avengers. You know, that's the agent. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Uh, uh, Nick Fury Samuel all Jackson time, all yeah. the time. Yeah, um, and so he. He wants to be the number one hitman in the world. So in order to do he that, to kill the number one hitman, he has to take out oh, Arnold tell me Schwarzenegger. It's Schwarzenegger. Oh, it is Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it is oh, Schwarzenegger. Great. Yeah, right, um, I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm, it's not a great movie, yeah. but it's a lot of fun <laughs> and it's funny. I'm just saying, don't get your expectations up that it's going to be some wonderful damn, piece Justin. of cinema. Fuck, <laughs> cinema, right. cinema. It's two hours. I won't have back my life yeah. again. I, no, I actually bought it. I own it. I'll let you borrow. <laughs> um, <laughs> It, it's Can't just get back time. It's, I'm sure it's yeah, free right? everywhere. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, it's just silly, and so uh, basically, Taron Killam recruits all of these other people, mm-hmm. and they're all hitman, hitmen, and like they all like specialize, like one in explosive, one in poisons, one oh, in yeah. knives, you know. And Bobby Moynihan's another assassin. Yeah, and he's so fucking. It's funny, funny how they do that off of kind of like the Barry that's so popular now on HBO with Bill Hader playing a hitman. It's like a comedian playing a hitman that you'd never expect. Oh wow! You never heard of Barry? I thought I talked to you about Barry. I don't think Barry's so. fucking great. It's, Gross Point Blank. Yeah, it's. Uh, grossly blank is another great example of that. Uh, <laughs> the uh, but in Barry, it's Bill Hader, Henry Winkler. You did and, tell me uh, about that. Stephen Root. Stephen Root's is kind of like gets him his jobs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's funny. I love it. Yeah, um, and so just the whole movie is just him trying to kill Stallone. Yeah, or, uh, uh, Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. Yeah, um, and one by one. They all basically get taken out, or something happens. You know what I mean? And it, it's a fun it movie. Fun. Yeah. How much of uh, Schwarzenegger's actually? How much did they get him for the movie? Not much. Not much. Not I, much. I didn't think so. Because um, it was that time period. Even right now, when did he I think leave office? Oh, he left. He was doing stuff in office though. <laughs> he did, he did <laughs> the Expendables very, in office. I yeah, think. but he was in Expendables for yeah, fourteen seconds. I think that's yeah. what he's doing in all these movies. I think he's just other than maybe Maggie. That's Mag- what I was going to say. Maggie was the one movie that he actually was in the whole thing that was indie. But these other indie movies he's doing, I think was that any good? Does he actually have it, Eric? I haven't seen it yet. I Eric thought it was loves great. It. Eric loves it, had, it. It was he had acting chops. It was so not an Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. movie. It's like, I, he like showed some. It's like The Road with zombies. From what I hear, it's kind of like The Road with zombies. But uh, Eric loves it. He keeps telling me I just need really? to buy it. So, uh, but yeah, Killing Gunther, man. It's it's Killing Gunther. It, it's a lot of fun. Nice. I'll definitely look it up. I got a fun one. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> you lions, it's, 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 it's an plague dog. It's an indie movie. <laughs> I, I, 
this guy's gotten bigger since this movie came out. I mean, he already was kind of big when the movie came out, but I think he's gotten bigger. And this is Ryan Gosling. <laughs> you oh, think yeah. he got bigger? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, he's in one of my favorite movies, the that Blade Runner. Uh, big sequels, Short. He was in the Big Short, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, still haven't big seen it. Big Short to be in my <laughs> top twenty-five. Still haven't seen it. So I'll watch it next fourteen what's days. What's this movie? This is called Lars and the Real Girl. Oh, I've heard of this. Love this movie. It's really this fun. It's a crazy movie. Yeah, it's great. You you could show it to just about anybody too, and I think they would enjoy it because of yeah, the kind of small anybody. town yeah, element. Anybody. It's very interesting. There's nothing really. There's it's PG, right? There's nothing. Bad Maybe about PG thirteen. Just uh, I don't know. You go ahead. Tell us the. Okay, premise. so the premise is is uh, Lars is, let's say he experienced trauma. Yeah, and he's he's not developmentally disabled, but he's, he's just definitely withdrawn. With, so withdrawn like PTSD, in, sort of, but with of. a little bit of delusional, in, in mixed in. Uh huh. So he he can function in the yeah, world, yeah. but he needs he needs help. He lives in the garage apartment next to his brother his and brother his brother's and, wife. And his brother's wife's awesome. That's uh, Emily Mortimer, I think. Yeah. Shutter uh, Island. She, yeah, she's super cute. She was in Shutter Island. She was the one that freaked out when Leo was talking to him. And uh, she was just super skinny and pale, and uh, she was, yeah, but she yeah, was yeah. really, really good in uh, the one with the Lars water. water was, uh, the ashes would kept falling. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But the uh, I loved Lars and the Real Girl. How she was constantly trying whatever she could do to include her yeah. uh, her brother in law. Yeah. Like remember, she yeah. ran in front of the yeah, car. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you got to come for yeah. dinner. He says you need to come for dinner, and he. Felt and obligated because she. Uh, they're trying to get him out of his shell. Yeah. he's definitely disturbed. Yeah. something happened to him, and I can't he seems remember content, exactly. but it's one of those he's not at home. Yeah. he's not at home cutting himself, but he's he's just not in but with the rest. of He the has crowd. like a mannequin, right? Well, well that's what kind don't of jump ahead. Oh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Spoiler, dude. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell that part <laughs> of the story. <laughs> you're just going to so leave I out the so real girl part. Yeah. The whole yeah, yeah. <laughs> so basically, and I don't even remember how. It just happens. Like he gets a delivery. He, he gets a delivery, up. but I don't think he ordered it. Like no, it, he ordered it. Did he order? Oh, it? Yeah, okay, yeah. it shows up and it's a sex doll, like uh -huh. a realistic. No, nah, it, it's yeah, not I'm, the. It's a. It's a. It's a sex doll. I don't know, man. It doesn't have the mouth. It doesn't have the mouth at it all. It's like a just a, a real looking doll. We'll call it. We'll call it. Halfway between mannequin. It, and it this movie would have been a lot creepier if it was a sex. Probably. doll. Probably. It, it wasn't um, really a sex doll. So basically. He thinks, but remember he, when he when he got it, yeah. he got it, yeah, and yeah. then he showed up to dinner at the brother yeah. and the uh, uh, the sister in law's house. It says, "I'm gonna, I brought somebody to dinner," and they were like they were super like, excited, like, "Oh my god, tell me everything somebody? about yeah. it!" Yeah, and so when he shows up, so basically, what I didn't say is he thinks the doll is alive. In his mind, it is. Kind of looks like a sex doll to me. I don't know, dude. Well, I remember <laughs> it, it's a piss poor sex well, it doll. Showed up if you don't have the ball, let me just tell you. It showed up in the trashy clothing. Remember, they had to go and yeah. get her different clothing. Yeah. And so basically, he shows up to dinner, like you said, and they're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like to each other, they're like he's saying, "Oh, this is I met her here, and she's from here, and she's a nurse's assistant." And like and they kind of go along with it because like, they okay. don't want to kind of send him overboard, but you could tell that they're like running in the other room, talking to each other as they're and then they coffee, go like, what well the they fuck? go run into his Patricia Clarkson, his uh, psychologist, yeah. and says, "You got to help us." He's Patricia is, Clarkson's really and she's good like, "Well, maybe too. this is good for him." Like you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. it got him into his brother's house, which he hadn't been doing in a while. Yeah. So basically, the whole movie is. Well, more and more people start. Well, they 
have like a meeting, the town meeting, to explain to the town that's what's right, going that's on. Right, that's right. And oh, they wow. all go along with it. They yeah. were like, we need to, in order to it's help. It's almost him, like Funny that's Farm. Cool, it's though, almost I mean, like yeah. Funny Farm it's where like, they got the everybody Gilmore, to act. Or the Gilmore Girls, where it's like that very, there's so many like character actors in this town. One person says, hey, come over, let me give her a haircut and everything. And they're doing her hair, let me do her nails and everything. But he ends up meeting this one girl that he ends up starting to fall in love with. Uh-huh. So at one point, it, it's almost like I need to break up with the doll yeah. to go out with and her. And they have like a fake fight or it, something. It's, like. it's, it's strange, man. And it goes great. It's But it's fun through the whole thing. It's not really a sad movie. It's mm-hmm. more of a fun uh, kind of movie like that. It's very interesting and unique. <laughs> unique for sure. And that's the that was probably my key thing with all these indie movies. The best part about indie movies are the uniqueness. Big budget movies are not going to go along with this fucking script. You know, they're like throwing a few hundred thousand dollars to see what you can get. Did you ever see her? I haven't. I that haven't, was not made for I haven't Oscars. either. I, I Is just, that the one where it's like a like an Alexa style device? Yeah, yeah Walking, Scarlett Johansson does the Joaquin voice Phoenix in Joaquin is in Phoenix. It, right? It's yeah. just basically the. One I just wonder if they're show. similar. Would you fall in love with Scarlett Johansson's voice? I mean, the voice. No, just the voice. No. no. <laughs> She does have a nice voice, but uh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, maybe the sex doll. <laughs> if right. she had Scarlett Johansson's voice. If it had a mouth. Well, <laughs> <laughs> fucking A. <laughs> I'm sending that shit back. Excuse me. I just got my sex doll in the mail, and her mouth is so shut. What the fuck? Oh, my God. Uh, How did we get here? Photos? <laughs> <laughs> this is not my beautiful house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, going the, the rails go by. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, bring us, bring us up. I, that was you can't, that was mine. Yeah, oh that, shit, that was yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh shit, I can't bring you up. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> this awesome. one, I love this movie. Me and Dave watched it last week. It's uh, very. Speaking of unique, it's very unique, but it's also written by a very unique writer who's been doing novels forever, and people have known know his work, and that's uh, the great Chuck Blacknick, who wrote Fight Club. Oh, nice. And uh, he's he's written several books. Several of them I can't wait till they become movies. There's one called Beautiful Monsters, which is insane about this, uh, about these this group of three people who are like traveling the countryside. But one of them had taken a shotgun blast to the face and wears like a veil over her face, and it's it's very weird and unique. So I, one day they'll make uh, Beautiful Monsters. But this is 2008's Choke, and this was such a great movie. And it's it's. Written by Plactic, but the uh, script was adapted and written by Clark Gregg, who plays Agent Coulson in all the Marvel movies and the Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. I didn't know. I've seen him. Oh, that guy. Yeah, that guy. (laughs) (laughs) He actually stars in this movie, too, and he's really funny in it, too. And he uh, yeah, he was really good. And so I don't know how the hell he got the uh, the. I didn't even know he was a director. So someone gave him a, a big Plaknik script to do, and it was great. And what makes this movie great for me is what makes this guy's movies always great for me is Sam Rockwell's in it. Sam Rockwell oh, yeah. will make any movie better. Especially when it's... <laughs> that's actually on his business card. Yeah. <laughs> if I was his agent, that's how I would sell him to his clients. <laughs> Sam Rockwell. Statistically... He'll make, make any movie better. better. <laughs> yeah, I will make your movie better. <laughs> uh, you need to trademark that Green shit Mile? right now. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, have you seen Green Mile? That's because of me. Yeah. <laughs> so what's happening in this movie is... You've got several great actors. You got Kelly McDonald, who we'll talk a little bit more of her uh, next week in the character actors pod. I'll tease you with that. She was great in uh, Train Spotting and what was that movie that you like? Uh, 
Kelly McDonald and uh, uh, the Coen no country for no country for all men. So she's in this. <laughs> What's in you the know satchel? Who's, <laughs> uh, Angelica Houston, amazing yeah. in this movie. I hadn't seen Angelica Houston in years too, and she comes she, in the movies like she's just got off that grifter set. And, well, I was gonna say it's funny that she gravitates like being that. She likes that character, but it's almost like that's where that character could have went. Of, you of know, course, if, if that like, movie had d- continued. literally. I, I mean, there, it it had to have been a topic of conversation yeah. on the set. She's in uh, John Wick Three. I'm pretty sure. Is she? I'm almost that's positive. That's interesting. I'll definitely. I'm gonna have just to, look uh, it up to make sure. That's one of my. That's uh, honestly to watch too. But you know who was great in this? Who we've seen in several movies and TV shows uh, since then, and he's kind of gotten famous in a weird yep. kind of way. Is uh, I can't remember his name, but I can describe him. He's the guy from Split. That was the brother who was kind of having inappropriate relationships in the woods with oh, his yeah, yeah, yeah. with his niece. Oh, yeah. You know that big guy. Mm. He's really good in a lot of different things. He's just some for some reason he does a lot of roles that kind of imprint on you. Unfortunately, uh, he plays the one of the asshole guards in Orange Is a New Black, and he's an oh, asshole, asshole. Brad William Henke. Who's it? That's his name. Yeah. Yep. Mr. Henke. Uh, but he is super funny. <laughs> he is super funny as. What's his name? Sam Rockwell's best friend in Choke. They were like really funny together. <laughs> so what happens, different than you would used to seeing. Him. Yeah, he's really really like great. Laid back. So what this is dealing with is Sam Rockwell is working at one of those. What would you call Plymouth it? Plymouth Plantation. It's like man. Plymouth Plantation. It's like those old timey kind of uh, tour. Uh-huh. South Park did. South Park did an episode. Remember where they went inside and they couldn't. The, you know, churn butter if, and stuff if like that. Peeing your pants is cool. <laughs> yeah, you can call me Miles Davis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and nobody that works there gives a shit. And it's all dysfunctional people working there. The guy from Split can't touch uh, can't stop masturbating he can't stop touching himself and he's really funny about it and Sam Rockwell has a thing where he's he's been fucked up since he was super young his mom is kind of crazy out of her mind and she's in like a uh, a home right now because she she's kind of a weird uh, horrible person anyways and now she has um, Alzheimer's Alzheimer's. and so he's visiting her and every time he visits her she thinks he's a different person and when he starts visiting her she's telling dirt about him that he never knew yeah and so she thinks she's talking to a she different thinks relative. she's talking to a different person oh wow oh you should hear what my son does and everything and his ears are perking up <laughs> and she's revealing shit and she's like you need to tell your son this and but every time he comes there she thinks he's a different person but she or, had a secret she wouldn't share yeah except with one person and maybe she had to convince him that his friend was somebody else yeah, well, remember, he he found out that she knew stuff about his past, and uh, he went to his friend and said, you know, my, uh, my, you know my mom, she's in the home and everything, and she does, you need to go in there and pretend you're me, and find out from her what she knows, because she won't tell me, because she thinks I'm the lawyer. Oh, <laughs> she doesn't gosh. think I'm the uh, son. <laughs> well, on top of this, that's not even the main yeah. gist of the story. What's going on here is Sam Rockwell is a sex addict, big time, but he also has this other thing where he's trying to feel something and for people to uh and to be loved so bad that he goes into restaurants and he intentionally chokes on food well he First wants time, mo- he wants money from that him. too but he wants That's he true. wants anything remember when they're cradling mm-hmm. in his arm it's very similar you know how ed norton when he goes yeah. to 
yeah, those, so I was thinking, when he Bob, goes to those groups, yeah. and it makes him feel so fucking good. Crying That's exactly what Palachnik is doing here with the Sam Rockwell character. And the first time we see it, it's where him and his friend from Split are at a restaurant. And his friend, <laughs> he can tell Sam Rockwell's about yeah. to do it. He said, can't can we, we just, just enjoy a fucking meal for once? Uh, and he takes this big shrimp and he just jams it down the back uh, of his throat. And uh, He's really choking. He's, he's narrating it. Uh, he's really choking and he's narrating the whole thing. And then when uh, he's going to table to table and... Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, different people and this one black guy grabs him and, and does it and like holds him in his arms and Sam Rockwell is like oh it's the best feeling in the world this, you've got this guy and, <laughs> and later you see him going through checks that people are sending him and stuff it was a great moment though where he he goes oh, and does yeah, it at the yeah, restaurant yeah. when his friend's it's empty not, there's one, it's one rich guy. looking person in the corner yeah. mm. so he, he's he, like oh this is my th- mark this is my mark right here and his friend's not there uh, to kind of help him or guide him or anything so Sam Rockwell puts it down his throat he stumbles towards the table, and they show the, uh, the when you blind got pa- man's walker. You know, like that oh, white with the red, the, the yeah. red cane. And you realize, oh, this guy's fucking uh, blind. He doesn't Damn. know Sam Rockwell's choking. <laughs> That's crazy. Really Although crazy. I would do the chair thing. That's my first. Like he leaned on the. Yeah, that's what you're you did. choking you by up, yourself. You up on the this chair. is a public oh, service announcement. If you're choking <laughs> yeah. and you're only using the corner room, of a chair, use the top of a back of a chair yeah. and right. just drive the air up yeah. your yeah. diaphragm. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I chopped once in the Christian school really? on a tuna fish sandwich. Someone had to Heimlich you or no? Um, I, I was literally five or six seconds away from needing somebody to needing someone to like I was not breathing. Yeah, and I started to panic. And I, when I stood up, yeah, spit it big piece of tuna fish sandwich across the table at somebody Yikes. and he's like what the fuck dude <laughs> <laughs> well choke was an amazing movie it was weird it was wild it was crazy it was raunchy you there don't even some... have to the, uh, the craziest part you don't even have to reveal that but yeah there, it was a big reveal at the end and you're like holy shit you think you're watching yeah. one thing and you're watching another kind mm-hmm. of uh reveal and it was really good but there was just he had this weird interaction with everyone that came uh came around him remember the old people at the oh, the yeah, hospital yeah. and one woman that kept uh kept coming up to him everyone you mistook, touched my hoo-hoo. yeah you touched my <laughs> hoo-hoo. She, she's everyone's mistaking him from somebody else and a lot of times he he'll go along with it uh, just, just to, just to make closure. them feel better and, and give him closure. closure so he ended up apologizing for touching this woman when he didn't touch him and then the cop showed up later on in the movie because this woman told her uh her niece that the guy who touched her uh apologized, apologized and <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. It's one crazy thing after another, man. It was, it was such an, a fun, fun movie that most people don't know about. And you get to see it, like I said, you get to see Angelica Houston play that kind of uh-huh. sleazy-ass character, man. And when she has like a reveal later on with the information that uh, that Sam Rockwell has been dying for uh, at yeah. some point, you're like, holy and crap. And the reveal with the nurses. Yeah, th- there was a couple of reveals in the movie that were really, really great. Well so. hidden and couldn't have seen them coming. Yep, very which, well done. I don't know why Clark Gregg's not doing other movies because he did this one really well. He probably likes the freedom. Well, he's still doing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And he got famous for that character, he? man. He's good at it. He goes to cons and all the time now. He's, he's big just for that stuff. All right, that's 2008's Choke. What you got there, Justin? All right, well, we already mentioned this one briefly. You can't do too um, much, right? What's that? You can't do too wild. Stop changing them all. Because <laughs> then the first one's not wild. Anymore. That's right. That's right. Um, no, this one is uh, 1999's Blair Witch Project. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. It's probably I recently the saw it again. To be a uh, great movie. This movie yeah. and Easy Rider are probably the two pinnacle indie movies ever Shit. made. Mm-hmm. They, they really are. Yeah. Um, I just went ahead and pulled up the numbers here. I know we've yeah. said them before, but... Uh, well, let me see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess it. Okay, go for it. 
Made for six hundred thousand, made three hundred million. It's like sixty. 000. Very close, yeah. Like, no, no, it's six hundred thousand. Six hundred thousand. Yeah, um, and it was two hundred and forty-eight uh, million. That's pretty close. Yeah. That as a business guy yourself, how insane <laughs> of a profit is that? Yeah. Especially since those guys aren't making movies anymore. I yeah. mean, they're not like you don't yeah. see those guys. For I hope they. Flicks. I bet they. I think they only got thirteen million. I think someone bought it yeah, off. Yeah, there was them something like on the 13. back end. Yeah, but they, they, they probably deal. they probably had some rights in there too. There, there was know. something I think I had read. If you know over a certain amount, if you know you got something good and they're banging on your door, yeah, no keep, one in a million a years. Remember they did like they did like a documentary about the Blair Witch Project on the History Channel yep. before it came out. Yeah. Like, um, I, that mom, was great. Whoever made that? Yeah, no, I remember watching. We that. talked about it before. My mom fell for that shit. Yeah, no, I did too until I was like actually in the theater, and then I'm like, because movies didn't didn't market like that yeah well and there was no internet to spoil well, it. i haven't sensed the, well, well, no no why well, got a whole bunch no, of people i got it. tricked by the <coughs> crocodile young yeah, that's yeah. true that's crocodile true but that, Dundee. But that never became a movie no i know so, but i still got tricked yeah <laughs> i, I think i even called you and I, or you called me or somebody called each other like the way somebody the, called uh, somebody <laughs> the way social media works you would think that would be even more popular right yeah. now yeah like, yeah but it's hard jump on that shit but it's hard puppets are real they the world just doesn't want you to know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and this, I mean, this was a great, you know, oh, this example was a scary of it. Movie, man. Oh yeah, dude. Um, it creeped everyone out. Yeah. If you man. didn't get creeped out by this movie, then you weren't kind of paying At, attention. When uh, her, their arc was great. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, she started freaking out. I would watch this movie even. I love this movie, and I would watch it even more than I do now. If if she wasn't as annoying as she was, I will say she that. does. Yeah, she's pretty annoying, but yeah. it works. No, it's real. Perfect. It's realistic. That's what makes it realistic. But yeah. she is uh, annoying I bet as they, shit. They don't ever have to work again. I think I would have. I think I would have split up <laughs> if it was me. Yeah, and, uh, and I had to deal with her. I'd be like, you go east, I'll go west, and uh, we'll when we find somebody, we'll uh, we'll we'll come get the other person. Until crazy shit starts happening, yeah. and then you think yeah. there's a safety in numbers. Which well, that's what did it for me. When, nope. Nope. <laughs> when the camera guy went missing. Uh, yeah, that and they was found his shit, and well, they found when, his teeth. And they found when he and was you heard screaming, his, you know, he was night, screaming like oh, somebody man, who had that no teeth. right there. Yeah, oh, dude. that's where it got me. And yeah. I, I remember doing the route that night and having to go by the woods, man. And it was mm-hmm. just creepy, just yeah. going by the woods, man. And this yeah. was '99. This isn't something that shouldn't creep uh, adults out as much yeah. as it did, but it was simple enough that it, a lot of creepy things happened. It, that ending, yeah, no the shit. ending was not as creepy to me than the other parts of it. But yeah. I know certain people. That that thing with the kid in the corner mm-hmm. just put them over. See, man. and you know what's funny is, is I I was so let down by that. Really? I love the entire movie. It, I love the entire movie up to that last two seconds. Really, I love the last two seconds. Uh, I, and, like and, and, and I didn't okay. think it was creepy. I thought it was great. Well, and I'm okay that. with it. Like the movie was good enough that I'm like, you know, I I wish that there would have just been something you else to it. What, more yeah, closure. what didn't you? like? Yeah, that's what it is. I, I wanted more. You closure. wanted to see something. Yeah, I wanted to see somebody. I wanted to see the what the fuck is in the goddamn woods. What hour? That's not what's scary though it's what you don't see exactly so yeah no and the and they did a fantastic job yeah. at that movie and you know and it just came out of left field it was just all of a sudden like oh my god have you heard about this word of mouth. it's probably the you best know. example of a word of mouth yeah. movie where everyone saw it it wasn't if you hadn't seen it but i've said it before it came out like the same week or the week after uh signs not signs uh six cents uh-huh. So those two movies were both movies that are like, holy crap, have you seen Blair Witch? Have you seen The Sixth Sense? Because they're both amazing and you, yeah. you have to watch it. And uh, it gave everyone like... Hope. It gave everyone, <laughs> a lot of indie people for sure, that this is what could be accomplished if you just have a good script and you 
care about the material, but like we said, it was probably the best marketing that's ever been done. Well, and you, you think of the marketing that people have to do for like movies that don't even happen to be marketed, like like even not even a movie. I'm like, why does Coca Cola advertise? You don't need yeah. to advertise Coca Cola. Right. Wonder if that's so stupid. Did the, <laughs> did they sell the movie before it came out? I think so because they had that deal that if it made over a certain amount, they because would get I think back. yeah, whoever bought the movie and then got the History Channel to do something about it, yeah, that's a hard deal to pull. They off. hid the oh, actors, yeah. yeah, they hid the actors, yeah. That's like crazy. A, now, did the History Channel get duped? Uh, like, did they think? That, no, I think no, they knew. No, I they think knew. they were in they on it. it. Yeah, and was it History? I thought it was like A and E. No, it was History and, Channel. Uh, no, it was History Channel. Yeah. I think they that's probably cool. played it on different like uh, platforms but, too. It's a risk because the History Channel is all about presenting the history the way it is. Absolutely. No, because so they went around for them and they did to come out with, with something that they. They canvassed, they canvassed uh, like college campuses with uh, like missing uh, mm. like pamphlets and shit around That's the crazy. area. That's Just to kind crazy. of put it out there and everything. That seems almost criminal, though. Yeah, you know, no, absolutely. I would be yeah. scared what if someone went in the woods to look for them and yeah. died. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's luckily like, that didn't happen, but... Well, and, uh, you know, please, I, I'm sure that I, I'm incorrect about this, but I think this was, like, the first time that anybody really used a handheld to actually make a movie. Like, you know, no, like a... No, there has been many handhelds, from sure. the From... The time cameras were existing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there's many in the 30s but I mean, and 40s like one, Yeah, 30s and 40s. No, I mean, every know. decade has their handheld directors and people that do that type uh -huh. of stuff. I mean, it got popular around that time. I think it got even more popular in Cloverfield. This was... You know? uh, yeah. And it, the good thing about this movie is they got to... Because they were using different styles of cameras, yeah. they had the digital camera, then they had the, the Super 8 camera. Yeah. Um, they showed different footage. They had the grainy footage... Mm -hmm. And then they had the really clear footage. Yeah. It was great. It was The uh, audio was really good for an yeah. indie movie. I mean, three yeah. actors through the whole thing. Three and actors was, and in one location. It's, that's in another movie like that... My, I mean, literally, all they could have filmed it within like 200 you know, yeah. square yards. Like, yeah. like yeah. you said, horror movies are great for that. I think of another great indie movie that I could easily put on my list is uh, Open Water. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, 80% of that movie, other than the, uh, the scuba diving group that went out with them initially you've seen open water I uh, uh, might have the one of the guys from oh, that's where uh, they get left yeah one of the guys from super troopers it was in that oh really uh, the guy with the mustache that gets uh, shot yeah. in the crotch I know they all get <laughs> they're all got stashes. oh the one with the mustache yeah oh. yeah but it's the one from uh, the one that uh, the one that had Tacoma sex with the girl from, from the other, other. Yeah. have you seen it yet no because Hulu Hulu amazing, hasn't dude. Hulu hasn't picked it up yet I, we watched every episode and it's amazing it yeah. got uh, what is signed it? they got renewed yeah second season Tacoma FD yeah it's like super troopers if they were firefighters yeah it's, it's really funny. Farva and it's just uh, Farva and Steve. The, the Steve guy is the guy from Open Water. Yeah, Steve Levine or Steve. You boys like, that. like Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Open Water, an amazing movie that was done. That you know, there's no sharks in that fucking water. But the way they filmed it in these people's kind of horror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's always a camera, you know, and that's what. A lot of people don't realize that when they go to, to the movies and everything. And we have been – we've got that problem where we're filmmakers that we always can, in the back of our mind, know there's a camera stuck in front of somebody and they've done eight takes already. Right, yeah. You know, and uh, we're watching the best take of all those. With open water, it's hard to get too scared because I know that there's like a boat right behind them with – Oh, with a shark net Eight, pe eight, pe eight yeah. people and everything. She's got three rescue divers yeah. around her. Yeah. And there were um, only certain parts of that movie where they. Well, I tell you what, them. though, it, it, to do a good horror movie, you, you, if you sit down and think what scares the shit out of yeah, people, yeah, well, that's the yeah. key too, really. Woods, dolls, woods things, uh, yeah, dolls, children, yeah. you know, creepy kids. Yeah, there's like uh, a whole element sharks, of sharks, 
anything that slithers. Yep. Yeah. Dogs. Yep. And there was that Not cool aspect. Not paying your rent. <laughs> yeah, there was that cool aspect in, in, my next uh, movie. <laughs> in the Blair Witch Project. Eviction Man. Eviction. <laughs> Clint Howard. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really did like the concept where they had those sticks tied together and they would just be randomly put throughout oh, yeah, the woods yeah. all yeah, over yeah, the place. Yeah, yeah. And that and was like, like the Blair you know, Witch. It had like a Wiccan element to it. Yeah, it was like the Blair Witch symbol, you yeah. know? Like, yeah, that was, that was yeah, really those, cool. That imagery got I mean, they went out there to find out the lore. They made a sequel to this. Yeah. Pretty Rose, pretty was, shitty. Was it Rose McGowan? Was she? I don't know. I'm not sure. I remember it was bad. I'm not even going to spend the time to look it up. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. All right, Dave, what do you got? Um, you got an indie movie? I do. <laughs> I do. It's called Scotland, PA. Now, One Dave's, of the hardest movies to find. <laughs> Dave, Dave's been telling me to watch this forever, and it is on my... I own it. It's in my... Sure uh, you do. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I went looking for it. I, I have my movies separated in genre, and I really need to... I probably shouldn't. I probably should just alphabetize them straight up because now I'm looking at He movies. likes to make it harder for himself. Yeah. I know because I, I have I have war movies, I have action movies, I have superhero movies. So when I I think he likes just to open the box and say look at the well, war movies I got. Well, the, when I'm in the mood for a war movie then I just kind of That's search true. through that, but the problem is when I want to find something, now I have to determine what did I what did I initially think this movie you need was? A, well, you need a system. Did I think it was a comedy? Your, you need in your list. Yeah, that's what. Put it is. a little M or A yeah. or. That's why I need a color something. code. Yeah, something. color code that shit. Man. <laughs> you know I'm better than this. <laughs> <laughs> You're just afraid not to do it because am I going too far? Yeah. So, <laughs> it's all around my room. <laughs> yeah, right. Wow, what are you doing? I've got to call backup. I'm <laughs> just rocking in the corner when they come over. Like you, how would you use hot water burn, baby? Yeah. Hot water burn. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> so being a long story short I own this movie but I could not find it yesterday when we came to watch it everybody's like what the fuck are they talking so we watched Bad Times at the uh, Royale oh man oh man. yeah so I really want to see indie that movie? It's, no but it's so great it's really good but uh so I haven't seen this but Dave's been telling me so to watch basically, it basically it was a comedy though right it's a it's a comedy murder mystery. Well, oh, there's nice. not much mystery to it because uh-huh. you know what happened. So it's a murder. But it's based on something. Trying to get away with it. Right? It's based on Macbeth. <laughs> okay. The so one, it's similar to came like. and told Macbeth he was going to become the king did of Scotland. Did they use the actual names or how do they work around the names? Macbeth was the. So here's what Because I've seen it. Remember when that was done with Hamlet where they did it yeah. with. Yeah. Uh, so the story Ethanoc. of Macbeth. Macbeth gets visited by the witches. The witches tell him he's going to be the king of Scotland. He has to go and kill the current king of king of scotland yeah and then become his wife's kind of the his evil wife manipulator, is the evil manipulator. Um, his best friend he, mcduff mcduff he yeah. has to turn all the names are sort of the same they're like his good. name is good. macbeth and his wife is mirror attorney do you have to i wouldn't i would imagine you wouldn't have to pay like uh not if it's that old you do for rights nope. like that yeah mm-hmm. you could just you can play mo- that. music in your movies from well, why 1950 the hell we, we need to adapt a fucking shakespeare play below man. 50 yeah <laughs> i mean a jet oh, with puppets yeah, like, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I saw something like right around the New Year's where it was like a list of all these songs are now like you know yeah. commercial every free year or one, whatever. Every one, one will come up. It's weird. I think like Happy Birthday just came off or something. Yeah, it's really? like Night of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead is public domain. Yeah, yeah. you can use clips from it, audio from it. And you right. don't have to worry about ever having to get in trouble. So Shakespeare also, yes. <laughs> so Which was so who started fifteen something? So, so you got a lot James of James Legros. I love James Legros from uh, great such great movies as Phantasm Two. Yes, <laughs> he was in Zodiac. He was, was in, in uh, Drugstore Cowboy. He was awesome in yeah, Drugstore Cowboy. He was. I was telling Dave earlier. He was always, gonna be. He was gonna be Hicks. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, Hicks. Hicks in Aliens. He, unfortunately, Behan replaced him. Right. I don't know if it was that he was. Uh, 
I kind of I don't want to spread rumors and everything, but I want to say that yes, it was do. it was a time period where uh, where Lagrosse was either uh, doing drugs or something like that, and it, it just wasn't working out. Somehow. You're trying to tell me a Hollywood person's <laughs> done multiple movies and that hung might not out have with been Matt Dillon is doing drugs right that now. That might have no. not been the reason. That might have been just that he wasn't working out for sure. But oh. whatever it was, he had to be pulled. He got booted. He had to be pulled to the last minute, oh. and that's when Michael Behan had come. As long in. as my check cleared, Michael Behan had come <laughs> in to uh, to play it, and he did a great job. Uh, but. I always liked James LaGrosse. He was great. Okay, so give me two seconds. Who'd, uh, Talk amongst yourself. Well, who did uh, Christopher Walken play? He was the detective that was coming to investigate. So I'm, I, I continue the story. I need to tell you who owns the, the hamburger shop, and I want to... I want to get his name. Hamburger. Right. <laughs> we'll just do that for two yeah, minutes. Hamburger. <laughs> James Rehorn. James Rehorn. Yeah, that guy from Homeland. Yes, he and plays the, the game and uh, meet the parents. So he nice owns, shot, Walker. He owns, <laughs> he owns this hamburger restaurant, and me, attorney, and James Gross are married. They work for him. One of them's an assistant manager. The other one works the register. Me, attorney is the wife. Is the uh, wife is, of James Gross? She plays Lady Macbeth. Yes. In this movie? that's interesting. So basically. The witches visit James LaGrosse when he's drunk. Who the witches are Andy Dick. Uh uh. And, uh, geez, I should have kept the cast name up there. <laughs> You'll probably know. Be like Justin, man. He's got his cast But they're not <laughs> witches. They're hippies. They're pot smoking hippies instead of witches. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to tell you that one of the greatest parts of this whole movie 85% of the entire soundtrack is Bad Company. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, that's interesting. And it, it works. Huh. For some yeah. weird fucking reason. I have no idea. It, it works. So the the hippies, I just wanted to let you know who they are: Andy Dick, Amy Smart, and Timothy Levitch. I don't know if you know him. That I don't know. His name Amy is Smart. Re- I know. really squeaky. Huh. But anyways, they visit him and they say, they they tell him to invent the drive-through, like nobody had invented the drive-through. <laughs> this is a period piece in the seventies, right when Bad yeah. Company apparently was coming out. Everybody's got That's Trans Ams. It's, it's I, spray tans. This is the classic. It's a period piece from the seventies. Yeah. This is what makes indie movies great, man. So he goes to they go. He he's been given this guy advice, the owner, and he he, he like you need to take French fries out in a fry truck and give them away so people will get hooked on them and come back and buy your fries. He's giving them all these good ideas, and basically the owner's just taking them and using them for himself. So James LeGros gets angry, hits him with a frying pan. They think he's dead. Uh-huh. They tie him up and then they take him to the restaurant to open the safe. They don't know whether they're going to kill him or not, and they accidentally kill him by accident because they, they, he turns around and knocks him into the fry later head first. Ooh. <laughs> they, so, like, I think that's a warning right on the but, yeah. but, so, <laughs> so it kind of follows Macbeth. They frame the son, the oldest son. Um, they buy the restaurant off of him cheap, so now they own the restaurant. They implement all the things that they had talked about. But Banco, his friend, which is played by the that guy you said was on Homeland for no for life, grounded for life. Oh, Kevin his, uh, Corrigan, man, he's, he's got uh, these big coat glasses and he's kind of oh, simple. He's, he's like, so come, great, man. He's like, how come you didn't tell me about the drive-through? He's like, oh, I must have forgot. He's like, you never forget. You always tell me every idea you have. So I love. He's Kevin like, Corrigan, oh man. shit, he knows what's happened because uh-huh. him and his wife were trying to, but they're living it up at the same time. Yeah. They're buying like a bunch of fashion clothes and Trans Ams and. A lot of people know Kevin Corgan from uh, Goodfellas. He was the bro- oh, yeah, he right, was a brother right. in the wheelchair. That's right. So, um, uh, what's his name? The most famous person in this movie, Walken. Chris Walken. How much of the movie was he's he in? A bunch. He shows up as a detective. Does he play weird. In he the plays movie? weird. He's vegetarian. He's always giving shit for for 
not eating meat. What they're what they're doing the fry elators and everything they're making, <laughs> and uh, it it just goes. The guilt happens and is eating it. Lagrosse. He gets thinks people are turning on him, and, and it kind of spirals out of control, just like Macbeth did at the end. I won't. I need to find this movie, man. It's it in, my, it's in my collection. I it's need to go through. So I literally much, have to go through so every one. It's so much though. fun. It sounds yeah, really it's so good. So much fun. Yeah. What's it and called again? It, uh, Scotland. Scotland, PA. Scotland, PA. Yeah. It, it's a real town in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And they just. They, the movie's yeah. actually filmed in Nova, it's awesome. Nova Scotia. Very indie, though, for sure. Very. All right, this next movie here, and we were talking Jim Jarmusch earlier. He's the one who's got the zombie movie that's out right now with Bill Murray. That, Is it Jarmusch? Uh, I think it's Jim Jarmusch. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can call him Jarmusch if you'd like. <laughs> Sounds Norwegian. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's Jarmusch, though. And he's been doing indie flicks for a long time. He did that Coffee and Cigarettes movie is yeah, another one where, right. it's, where it's literally just people like, having these... In that? Uh, Everyone was in it. It was so many people. If it's got the word cigarettes in it, Courtney Love was in it. <laughs> no, you're thinking, that, you're thinking, 200, thinking 200 cigarettes. cigarettes. No, uh, she wouldn't have been in this one. This was he always uses like uh, Roberto Benigni. Uh, Tom Waits is in like every one of his movies at some point somewhere. It seems like. Well, this one was 1999's Ghost Dog: Way of the Samurai, and this is the movie that Justin doesn't realize he's gonna love until he uh, finally sees it because it's it's really great because you. Got a fusion here, and, and Jim Jarmusch, who's this weird kind of director, anyways, has was able to fuse kind of a hip hop samurai assassin movie all into one thing. The music is all <laughs> done. Have you seen this movie? Uh, I, I don't know. The mu- music is completely done by RZA. Uh, he comes on. He does a scene in the. You movie heard him too. before, Justin? Who? Yeah. <laughs> Wu uh, Tang Clan's RZA, mm. and I love RZA's music. I love a lot of the Wu Tang stuff. Uh, the ones the Wu-Tang the members that went off. Well, the members that went off to do. Uh, damn, I can't think of their name now. The one eight hundred suicide. Uh, the grave, grave diggers. diggers. Grave diggers. They were awesome, man. Uh, well, what the movie is is it follows this master kind of assassin who works for the Italian mob, and. Uh, He's very strange. He kind of has this code that he lives by, and it's played brilliantly by Forrest Whitaker. You would not even believe that Forrest Whitaker would come in and play this role. And what he does is he lives on the top of a building where there's nothing but carrier pigeons, and he does his work old school style. Uh, Carrier pigeons deliver him messages of who to kill, and he does it, and they pay him his money, and everything's great. Uh, And then something happens where... uh, this mob hit has to go down and they uh, they put Forrest Whitaker in charge of the whole thing. And they set and, his ass up, right? Well, no, they're they're killing someone is sleeping with like the head mobster's like daughter and they realize that, well, we're gonna have to kill this guy off. So they hire Forrest Whitaker and Forrest Whitaker. All the Italian guys in this are very strange. They they only watch cartoons. The whole movie is nothing but the mobsters watching cartoons and really? they're uh, one of them is obsessed with he, he doesn't look like he's obsessed with uh, rap music, but there's several moments in the movie where he busts out like like stanzas of uh, different lyrics and everything. You were like, what the hell? This guy must really like rap music. Yeah, this sounds good. Uh, it's very, very clever. You get to see a lot of it is seeing Forrest Whitaker kind of do his thing, you know, all that great assassin stuff where he breaks in the cars and he's uh, playing uh, different noises to deactivate the systems and stuff. Uh, there's one moment where he sneaks underneath the house and he takes the plumbing uh, off because he knew the guy was going to be in the bathroom and he shot the guy right through the drain. Oh, shit. It was really, really fun. But when he goes to do that initial hit, he 
kills the guy perfectly, comes in, shoots him, and he doesn't, he uses different weapons too. He'll use silencers, he uses rifles, he'll shoot from far away, he'll shoot from close up, he'll use knives, uh, samurai swords at some point, so he's like the real deal. And you kind of go into, well, anyways, so he kills the guy that's sleeping with a daughter, not realizing the daughter's on the couch, like right next to him. Oh, wow. Smart enough not to kill her, because if he killed her, he would have been dead already, but they want to talk to him, they want him in and everything, and the guy who recruits him, uh, they go into the backstory of the guy who recruits him and the the head mo- uh, he's not the head mobster he's one of the kind of major lieutenants was actually driving down the road and uh, sees Forrest Whitaker a little bit younger probably 10 15 years getting his ass kicked uh, on the side of the road and this guy comes over and he says what are you doing and he says mind your own business the guy pulls a gun on the mobster the mobster just raises his gun and shoots him in the head oh wow so, and uh, Forrest Whitaker's like that kind of uh like ronin style mm-hmm. your I, my life is yours now for this so he becomes an assassin basically to <laughs> pay this guy yours. back yeah so they have a good rapport on this whole thing and at some point the mobster's like well we want to put a hit out on him and this guy's like you don't want to do this man he says this guy's done work for us this guy will continue to do work for us he's one of the best assassins there ever not to mention the fact that you'll never be able to kill him right uh and uh it, it goes into this long string of events we where we got to talk uh, about one of the yeah, coolest yeah, elements of the whole movie. Uh, what's that? His friend. Oh, his friend. Yeah. <laughs> so there's you get to see him in his everyday element of what he's doing. You know, he everyone in town. It's really great when he's walking in town and you see the gangs on the side of the road who are all like giving him props. There's one group that just makes up raps about him every time he walks by and everything, oh, wow. just to show their respect for him. So you could tell he got my, mad props. Movie, they know right? him as Ghost Dog, and they're like Ghost Dog, and they're just uh, talk to him as he walks by. Hell yeah! But he hangs out in the uh, in the park and. Uh, and Rimri like meets that little food. girl. Yeah, he meets a little girl, right. and they're having ice cream together. And he he talks to him, and he's like, "You want to meet my best friend?" And he he, he says, and she's kind of weary about going over to. Him <laughs> I would too. You want to meet my best friend who owns an ice cream? Company? Yeah, he's yeah. over there. Oh god! And uh, he doesn't speak. <laughs> he doesn't speak any English whatsoever. He only speaks French. And they have these great conversations with each other. And I think I had mentioned it before when I was talking to you guys about uh, they have these great things like ghost dogs. Like, well, I gotta go. I've got to uh i gotta do some stuff before it gets uh dark out in the and the guy in his the guy in uh french is like oh you probably have to go before it gets dark out so they have like eight or nine conversations where they're actually thinking the same thing in their own language they play chess together because you don't have to speak the language to play chess yeah and he brings the girl over and and he's like this guy this guy's your best friend he's like yeah he's my best friend he's like he doesn't even speak your language he says we don't need anything uh to speak language we we get what we we know yeah and everything and there's some great moments with him later in the movie and everything but it's it's all about that kind of similar to kind of how our movie silent dove was you know when we made a movie about an assassin who worked for the mob that got targeted by the own pe- own people that they work for them and everything Did ours come out first i know no, it's weird i wonder no ours come out after this i'm i'm don't remember it being a direct influence but now it may be subconsciously it i don't was. i don't ever remember thinking about it yeah it Farswick was amazing in this movie. It was really great. And there were different chapters throughout the whole movie that he narrated. Like, they would, words would come up on the screen and it's part of, like, the samurai code and everything. So he he's almost alluding to 
what we're about to see. Like a real samurai will not uh, give up. They will only push further or something like that. Mm. And then they show in the next scene him doing it, exactly what he was talking about. Uh-huh. It, was, it was phenomenal, man. It was definitely one of Jim Jarmusch's best movies and one of the ones I'll recommend because a lot of his movies like Down by Law is amazing, but it's super slow and I, I, I could see a lot of people not being uh, into it. That's why I was super excited when that zombie movie came out. I was like, holy shit, Jim Jarmusch is doing a zombie movie and it stars Adam Driver and fucking Bill Murray. I it said, looks I, really I, Fun it looks really good and it didn't come to the theater here for the first two weeks it was out but then it did finally come oh really uh and i don't know it might be too late by now it yeah. probably is gone because it's such an indie fl- films that's the thing about these indie movies man i remember when requiem for a dream came out and i heard oh my god this movie's fucked up you gotta go see it i ended up seeing it three times in the theater because i was taking other people to see it but then after three weeks that shit's gone like a fart in the wind dude yeah i, I mean those indie films will stay for a little bit and then they'll find a new life on Redbox or old school dvds <laughs> all right Justin, what you got all right um so this is one i know y'all aren't familiar with um Really interesting movie, uh, 2011's The Divide. Yeah, never heard of it. Um, so it's got Michael Behan in it. Um, Michael Behan, 2011, too. I don't remember the last thing he had done before that, too. And I'm excited to see Jade, maybe. No, that was a lot. Uh, Courtney B. Vance is in it. I love Courtney B. Vance. We just, he played uh, Johnny Cochran mm-hmm. in that, uh, he was awesome. In oh, really? That OJ show, yeah. Awesome. Um, uh, Rosanna Arquette. Rosanna Arquette, love yeah. Him. And Milo, Milo Ventimiglia. Meglia? Yeah. Um, where is he's it? Arguably, yeah, he's right arguably the most famous person on that Fence? list now. No. No. That's uh, it's the guy uh, from This Is Us. And he, oh, yeah. He's right. in a lot of famous stuff. So he played Rocky Balboa's son. <laughs> so what this is about is um, these. it's just these people live in an apartment building. What's it called again? The Divide. The Divide. Um, Action, drama, both. Both. Um, it's it's fucked up, man. Okay. Like some really terrible shit. All happens good indie in this movies movie. are fucked up. So. I'm telling you, this is right up your yeah. alley. Um, so a nuclear blast happens, and people are trying to, you know, because you can see it off in the distance, you know. So it's people are trying their best to do whatever they can to survive in this one particular building. Yeah. Um, and like maybe like ten people. Uh, it's all one location. All takes place in the building. All takes place in a basement. Yeah. In the basement. It's of the interesting. Building. Me and Dave were just coming up with a concept for a future pod about single location films. Ooh. So, um, so move on. All right. So mine. <laughs> 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 um, so now they're able to get in, and Michael Behan, I guess, is the uh, he's like the building maintenance supervisor or whatever but he kind of lives down in this basement as well he must look badass now man because he was kind of like uh built back in the day he's rugged in this one yeah. you know um <laughs> you being nice tell yeah, us oh, was he know, a fat ass shit oh no i mean he was he was in shape for sure he's yeah. just a little rugged you know aged <laughs> yeah. um and so this is just basically about these people and them surviving and what they're going to do. Um, and he, I think, is like ex-military or something. So he knows like what to do when a military... Is he the main star of the movie? He's, he's kind of in charge of things when everything gets started. Yeah. Like but, this guy knows shit. We got to... Right. Or and, he's a natural leader. Well, and know. he's also like kind of prepared for this you, you know at, like john goodman prepared for cloverfield Lane. no <laughs> not really because he had the acid ready to go <laughs> yeah no um more like his secret is is that like he has a secret stash of food oh, gotcha. um and you know i 
they start running out of food and water. Mm. He gets the electricity turned on, which to me is kind of like there was just a nuclear blast. I understand you need this for the movie, but like it wasn't as simple as just fixing a couple of fuses and flipping a switch, and now we have electricity. That's what they did. It wasn't generators, or uh, no? He he fixes the electricity. Oh, okay. Like so, it's a little. Yeah, there's you know, no power station anymore. It's and, and that's you know, and and so that's kind of like, one power line is going to fall during a nuclear right. Explosion. So you have to kind of be like, <laughs> I, want, one. I want to do this movie. I just don't want to do it in the dark. Yeah, I just don't <laughs> want to do it without power. Why don't you just um, use a generator? Good thing yeah. we bought that. Five million watt generator the last five years. <laughs> yeah, right. Boom, one line. Uh, <laughs> you know, and so you know they they start running out of food, and they find out that he has, or they suspect that he has some. You know, um, and they fucking torture the hell out of him. You know, oh, crazy. over the food. Oh, I thought they were just gonna ask if he'd share it. <laughs> no, well, so well, he does. They don't know where it is. Is well, that what it is? Why are they torching? Why not just take it? Well, basically, he's like, no, you're not going to take my food. You know what I mean? And like, they're like, what else do you have? You know, everything like that. And so from that point, the leadership starts to break down. This is more about like how society turns on themselves, like the road. Probably. <laughs> the road was severely like that. Just very dismal, though. So, you know, as time goes on, people get a little bit more crazy. Um, they start to get infected from radiation, yeah. you know. Um, this is a show we got to look forward to if this ever happens. Oh, yeah, dude. No, I, I, they even, like, I even think the tagline of the movie is, like, the lucky ones, you died know, in died blast. in the blast. I think that's well, exactly that's basically what, what it is. Fear of the Walking Dead was before the zombies actually popped up. It was more people, people versus people. Then the zombies showed up, and for a while it was people versus zombies. And then ultimately, then it went back to people versus people. Right. I'm more worried about the people. Yeah, I am too. Um. Yeah, and so like, I, I mean, I don't want to give too much away because like it is a really good movie. Yeah, I'll it's definitely check it out. Super slept on. Um, there are some really disturbing parts, and like. I don't know, dude. It's kind of a good look at what what the potential for a group of people to do yeah. in yeah. that situation. Um, you don't want that mob mentality when it comes to survival, right? Because people will. So there's <laughs> also will eat that baby. <laughs> exactly right. Um, um, so there's also like a twist near the end, but it's not like a big, huge, like holy shit. Um, but there are people that survive the blast, almost like military style people. Yeah, I could, um, doing that type of movie, I always assume that's out there someplace. It may not be at the group right now. Like even with the Cloverfield, you knew there was a military element someplace, even though we never ever saw it. Right. Yeah. Um, well, eventually well, they the eventually they come and like cut through the door. You know what I mean? And so now it's like... Killing people for food? We got food! Yeah. Food. <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, it, it's good, man. It's uh, it's interesting. It's suspenseful. It's nice. Like, it's cool. Yeah. I, I recommend it. The Divide. Alright, Dave. This next movie is... I think he's French. I know the movie is half in French subtitles and yeah. then half in English. Uh, it's called Killing Zoe. Killing Zoe, man. I don't know if you remember this one. Um, Have you seen this before? I don't think so. Lawrence Bender. This was around the time uh, Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino, the first maybe five or six of Quentin Tarantino's movies were produced by Lawrence Bender. Oh, and really? he did a lot of, he would branch out and do a whole bunch of different like uh, indie flicks at the time. And this was one of them. I remember that. that's what got this a lot of looks. They were like, oh, the same team that brought you Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction bring you this movie and everything. I really like the cast. And you were... You like it a lot because it's French too. It's French, yeah. and I, well, I like Julie Delphi. And Julie Delphi, I've seen her I in a couple her. She things. Was in this. And yeah, Julie Delphi was, was a girl in this. Eric know, Stoltz, super cute, really good in this. 
and great actress uh, Eric Stoltz was great. She's still in this. married. She's still married to Ethan Hawke. I don't know. Maybe. I think they're married. Yeah. Was she? She was in that uh, all Ethan Hawke stuff. Well, the one that they painted over yeah. the. Uh, the Awakened Life. Awaken they were a life. couple in that. Yeah, but yeah. I think they're a couple in real life. Yes, they are. Do you know that the girl from Stranger Things 3 is Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke's... Which girl? Daughter. Uh, daughter, yeah. Which? Um, the one that works at the ice cream stand with... Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Huh. I just heard that she was in something else, too. What it's crazy, though. I didn't realize it was her, and then I realized it was her, and now all I can hear is Uma Thurman when she talks. Huh. It's really crazy. It was a great series. Oh, no, she was. It? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, she really was good. great. Season two yet. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, season two. I wish I could go back and watch season two uh, again without knowing the stuff I know. It's yeah. so great. It was really good. I love... They need uh, to invent a device. I love David Harbour. You can Harbor forget the movie so that you can go back oh, and watch it the first time. There you go. That'd be a good movie. Eternal, no. Eternal Sunshine of the be, Spotless Mind. It could yeah, be a right, good exactly. movie about. It's basically it. Inventing the device. Yeah. It's Eternal Sunshine, but instead of relationships, you just get rid of the movie. <laughs> uh, all right. So yeah, what's the because this was a it's heist a ba- movie, it's right? A bank robbery. Bank heist. Basically, very, very indie, very rough. And uh, Eric Stoltz lived in France ten years earlier. Had one of his best friends there. They, He's the only one that doesn't speak French. So he doesn't speak French, yeah. but his friend. Speaks English. His friend's a wild man in he's this movie. He's super wild. I'm not. Man. He's like uh, Begbie and uh, yeah, Train yeah. Spotting. You just yeah, don't yeah, know what he's yeah, gonna yeah. do. He's so basically, he calls him up and says, "Listen, I need your help. We're gonna rob a bank." Eric Stoltz gets on a plane. Eric Stoltz comes over, gets in a Hope cab. Hoping to say that on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. But he gets in the cab. Remember, and that's how he meets Julie Delphi because the guy's like, "If you want a girl, yeah." You want a prostitute? I can get you one. That night before they partied, they partied like they weren't going to make it through the bank. Yeah. So, (laughs) so Julie Delphi shows up at Eric Stoll's hotel room. They have sex. She goes away, and you forget about her. Yeah. Then he meets up with his friend, and they go. That they do every that bar scene. Yeah. They do every drug. They were shooting heroin. They were popping pills. They were the French prostitute. The one scene I remember is the French prostitute talking to Eric Stoltz. Saying, "I'll do whatever you want. I will shit on your chest." And, you can uh, treat me like a dog. You can treat me like a dog. And Eric Stone's like, "Wait, you want to shit on my chest?" Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he understood it because his friend. Bro, came oh, over yeah, and, his friend had to. And he's like, uh, "What year did this come out?" I have no idea. Oh, I don't have that. I, I would like to say it's you know, this week? around. Nine, I bet it's 97, 98. The reason I ask is because uh, Biggie Smalls did a skit on uh, Ready to Die, and he's talking he's telling a story about okay yeah so he probably he probably took this from it he's telling a story about a girl that wants him to shit on her chest so he probably got that that's a thing though too i'm sure it probably is (laughs) i saw team america (laughs) (laughs) that unedited version of that was just fucking so disgusting fuck yeah Oh, no, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, there's a bank robbie, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> it was fun. A lot of it was in the bank. Yeah, a lot know? of sh- lot, it was it was Wild West style. Basically, the they plan, were trying to go through was a good wall, though, right? Because it, it was a French holiday, so all the banks were closed except one. Mm-hmm. They knew if they just got inside and locked the door, and people showed up, and the bank doors were locked. Nobody would nobody say would anything. suspect that. Yeah, hey, this one was idea. supposed to be open yeah but they're out doing drugs and then finally he turns to his friend he's like how do you want to do this because eric stoltz was there to break <laughs> when into are the- we gonna do this yeah too? It he's was like, like 
In he, the morning. he thought it was like he thought it was weeks away. He's like, I don't know the, no. the safe or anything. He's like, don't worry, live well, life, and he gives him more drugs. Yeah. Oh my god! They're driving speed. around. Let's Remember, go. they were driving around and they showed all the trailing, they were, yeah. like racing. They each were other wearing and... like there was some crazy angles in it too because they wore creepy masks. Oh, in the bank, very creepy. Yeah, masks they did a the lot bank. of Dutch angles. The the filmmaker was good. A lot of handheld stuff. Yeah, tons of gunplay. Mm. But when they show up to the bank, Julie Delphi's a teller. <laughs> the person that. He had sex. He had sex with as a prostitute the night before. Oh fuck! So he wants to. He likes her. Yeah. He he wants to make sure because he Ron Jeremy does a cameo. Mm-hmm. He's like one of the bank managers. He was or bank manager. Yeah. He kicks in the door. I think he shotguns him right away. Yeah, I yeah. think he's in it for like fourteen seconds. That's great. Death scene. <laughs> um. Anyways, he uh, Eric Stoltz likes. Julie Delphi, remember he was shooting people to get the combination? Yeah. And they were going to get close to her, and he wouldn't let him do it. Yeah. So his friend and him had a big fight. Mm-hmm. You know? And then they start sabotaging each other. That's basically what it yeah it starts doing, is those two guys who were who were good friends are not good friends at this moment, and they're kind of like going against each other. Weren't they trying to go through a wall at some point? They to were get trying to... to bla- well, he said, remember, one of the great lines, he's like, how long will it take to break that safe? And he looked at his friend he's like i don't know two hours he's like we don't have two hours he's like but i can get to this safe over here in five minutes and then we can blast a hole through the side of the uh, side of they were going to blow up the vault from the from the side of it inside of it wasn't the door going to get blown off to get to hit something else or something no i'm thinking no but remember as soon as they got into the back corridor that led between the vaults there was a dude in the vault that's right that's right and they threw the stick of dynamite in there and blew this guy up. Damn. When they come in there, remember, his half his face was gone. Yeah. Eric Stoltz gives him a cigarette and the guy dies. But yeah. so, it was so, good. Good it movie, was good. man. Very had uh, a good ending too. Uh, adrenaline filled. Lots of great, uh, like you said, lots of great gunshots where people are just spraying bullets, not caring who the they hell's just had die. a bunch of different cool guns. Like just get all the cool guns. all right this next one and this is the uh the closest to modern that i have here and i absolutely love this movie and i've seen it uh uh, me and dave had watched it i think first and then i had seen it several times since then i own it and that's 2014's god's pocket Hmm. you ever heard of god's pocket no this was john slattery i see it but i I, i'm definitely gonna need some no i'll I'll know i know that's where he keeps his money yeah. <laughs> he keeps his money as condoms. You know? <laughs> he has to carry the money around. I think he gets comped. <laughs> I think he's like the ultimate celebrity. He's got to yeah. keep the condoms. He's you on see, everybody's VIP list. He's really Jesus is. <laughs> <laughs> he had a vasectomy after Jesus. <laughs> oh, uh, you're so, going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't believe in that either. I know. <laughs> so this is, this is uh, John Slattery is the director oh, of this. Funny. John Slattery is the white-haired guy from Mad Men. Okay. Uh, he's the director? Yeah, he's the director. Huh. And uh, this is Philip Seymour Hoffman's last movie he ever made, and it was a phenomenal one by him. So God's Pocket is actually the name of the town uh, where everyone lives. It's a blue-collar town. You kind of get the idea that it, uh, I think it was filmed in Yonkers, so it's that kind of New York kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. And you're you're dealing with uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's with Christina Hendricks, who is the redhead from uh, the the tall, busty redhead from uh, Mad Men, who's also on Good Girls. Who she is. Oh, she's great. She, I, I liked her from Firefly. Firefly, she was phenomenal. Two episodes in Firefly out of the seven she was in, and she was phenomenal in it. She's great in that Good Girls that's on like I NBC now. That. She's married to the weirdest guy you'd ever imagine. The uh, the snozberries taste like snozberries. Huh. That's who Christina Hendricks married to in real life. Yeah. 
in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was having a hard time wrapping my head around it as a show. <laughs> Pull the pictures up to them at like red carpet events. It's the weirdest thing you ever seen in your life. This guy huh. is a weird looking guy. He's probably funny as shit, and they have a great relationship. But it just looks wise. It's so strange to me. <laughs> Because she, she is like a, she is like a, she looks like a 1950s or 40s pinup pin girl. Yeah. I mean, she's great and she's awesome in this. So she, her and Philip Seymour Hoffman are uh, married together, and like I said, it's just a blue collared uh, town and everything that's going on in the town. Richard Jenkins in this, and he plays a uh, journalist who's writing about the town and kind of narrates the whole thing. Uh, and he's uh, the people read his stories in the paper, and the people from God Park, it, a lot of them like him, a lot of them don't because it makes them look like fucking idiots, but it's, he's just kind of telling the truth of what's going on in God's pocket. Uh-huh. So Christina Hendricks' son is the guy from the X-Men movies who played Banshee. Um, uh, in First Class, he was in. Uh, you know, uh, I actually never saw First Class. What? I know. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, you didn't watch the First Class, man. That was awesome. Needed, the a, one with Kevin Bacon? Notebook, so you, can, like, you never saw the down. one with Kevin Bacon? Oh, man. No. He was so fucking great in that, man. You wouldn't even have known it was Kevin Bacon. Huh. Or he'd like, uh, he's the, showed the origin of uh, Magneto in that scene, man. It was so good. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. Uh, and he was, a, uh, this guy who played Banshee and. In God's pocket, you could tell he was a wild man. He was crazy. He was the kid that you went to high school with that you you couldn't be left alone with because this kid might just beat the shit out of anybody. He was he was just on a path of destruction. So he's doing this daily labor at this like steelworks type area, and from the second he gets in there, he's just uh, making fun of everyone that he can get his uh, uh, can he can even look at. He's just annoying as hell. Everyone can't stand him. And uh, the boss there, the boss is from uh, Boardwalk Empire. He's also the main mobster in Barry, and he's really good. Uh, I think he's in Gotham also. Was he the guy we saw the other day? Uh, something? And you you were saying those movies to relate with. Not sure if that was him or not. Hmm. Maybe No, I'm th- I think he's thinking of someone else. Okay. Well, he's the kind of the foreman of the group. So the, uh, the Christina Hendricks' son, the Banshee kid, uh, starts really talking shit to this old black guy that everyone respects around there and that he's saying all this racist shit and everything. And he turns his back and the black guy just stands up and hits the guy in the back of the head with a club and he falls down dead. Damn. (laughs) And the cops show up and without even like talking to each other, they on the fly make up the story of this big like hook that had flown and hit him in the head and everything. And everyone's like, he's like, does that happen? And like, yep. Saw the whole thing. The other person. Yep. Saw the whole thing. There was one kid who was looking around. Like you could tell that he might do it, but they hated this kid that much that they all kind of on the fly agreed to do it. That's crazy. So Christina Hendricks is all uh, broken up over this thing. And that's where kind of the Philip Seymour Hoffman character comes in. And he's kind of a low level. She was married to him. She was married to him, and he's kind of a low, low level uh, mobster who has got a gambling addiction. <laughs> His best friend is uh, John Turturro, who works at a flower shop, and is uh, John Turturro's. He owns the flower shop with his wife uh, there, and you could. They also own like a meat business, and he's. Was he a former uh, gambler that stopped gambling? No, because there's, there's stuff where they show him gambling in it. Because at no, some no, point, no, John Turturro. Uh, Wasn't no, he trying to talk. No, he was. He's, he always. He kind of was that grinder in town that kind of uh, was always gambling here and there. But he owned the flower shop. He had like a meat cutting business and everything. Uh, the guy that from uh, Ray Donovan, uh, the guy that has Parkinson's in Ray Donovan that plays the boxing guy is the guy that works at the funeral parlor. So basically the whole movie is surrounded by the idea that uh, – he just wants to make it right for Christina Hendricks, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. He goes to his mobster and says, 
she's not sure this is how that death happened. Maybe you can send some guys over there to talk to him uh, and everything to see exactly what happened at the steelworks place. And while he's doing that, he's trying to f- uh, figure out how to do the funeral arrangements, and he has no money to do it. So he takes like this, uh, they take up this collection at the local bar. The bartender is the judge from The Wire. Oh, uh, he's really good in it. And they take up a collection, and Philip Seymour Hoffman puts it all on a horse that loses. So he's got no fucking money. Oh, fuck. He comes over, he's... And uh, John Turturro's horse wins, so he gives him like 800 bucks, and he's like, try to do what you can with this. So he goes to the funeral parlor, who his old friend is there, <laughs> and, and he, he's not helping him. And he's like, you know Christina Hendricks is not going to be happy with a cheap uh, thing. I can get you this one for 5000 He's like, I got 700 Cut me yeah. a deal. This is I'll our pay most you later. modest receptacle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the type of situation. And uh, he... He seems like his friend's like his friend actually goes to punch him and they apologize and everything, and uh, you could tell they've had history with each other. And uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman leaves the funeral parlor and he trips right when he gets outside and realizes that that guy left the body outside the the kid from X Men's body just laying on the stoop and it's pouring rain. Oh my god! So Philip Seymour Hoffman has to put him in the meat truck that he he drives around with him. He's got him in the back of the meat truck and he's constantly trying to figure out. There's like eight things happening all at once, and uh, he's trying to sell meat in there to uh, afford things. He's just trying to scrap for money as much as he can, and he keeps telling people I've got meat in there to sell you and he's like well show it to me I can't really show it to you because it's a body <laughs> and then he tries to sell a truck he's like I'll sell a truck for you for 8 grand he's like you know that's a deal and he's like I can't really uh, he, but he's like you can't drive the truck yeah. he's like why can't I drive the truck and then he's he's like you just can't so he's wheeling dealing with that guy and you realize that the mechanic taking the truck out and it's a great scene where Philip Seymour Hoffman's like booking it down the street after the truck trying to get it, uh, hold of it and the guy be- driving the truck speeds up because he's like who the fuck is this <laughs> And as he speeds up, they get in a car accident, and the body gets ejected out of the fucking oh, truck. Fuck. So Christina Hendricks knows. He's like, why was the uh, body in the truck? He's like, was it with the meat? He's like, I separated from the meat. I knew that would bother you. Yeah. <laughs> it was really, really funny. But there's a couple key scenes in this movie where they go back to the steelworks place to question the uh, the main mobster from uh, Boardwalk Empire, who is the foreman who knows exactly what went on. Well, one of the other guys from The Wire, you know the big guy uh, from The Wire, uh, the big white guy with the bald head? He yeah, was, Jay. Uh, yeah, he was the main guy, uh, one of the main group. He, he sends two guys over there to question this guy. And he's up there on like this huge, kind of what you would play King of the Hill on, this mm-hmm. huge mound of dirt. Uh-huh. He's up there shoveling it. And the the foreman's a big dude. You could tell. And he's like Polish or something. I think he plays Chechenian uh, in uh, Barry. But you could tell he's like East European or something. And uh, these big guys come up to him. And he says, we want to know what's going on. We know that he didn't get uh, hit by any hook in the head and die suddenly. You're going to tell us what we want to know. And... They, they get up to the hill and they don't realize that this uh, this big dude just grabs their head and immediately pokes one of their eyes out. Oh, it, fuck. It just pops and the blood goes everywhere. Oh, my God. He takes this other guy and he punches him so hard that he just dies on the spot right on the ground. <laughs> holy You're fuck. like, holy crap. So they end up putting a hit out on... Um, on Philip Seymour Hoffman and John Turturro and there's a great scene where the guy from The Wire comes into the flower shop and he's got his gun out and he's like where's your husband and the wife's like oh no you can't uh, kill my husband and uh, uh, this and that and you thought she was this like old bitty and everything and then when he pushes past her to go after John Turturro she raises the gun and boom and John Turturro's like what the hell did you do and he's like and she's like hold on and then they wait five seconds and the other thug comes in and she goes boom and oh, shoots shit. him in the head and uh 
uh, Judge Girl gets so pissed at the bodies. It's like, you come to my fucking house and try to kill me? And he starts kicking them, and the woman's like, wait, you're getting blood on your shoes. Yeah. <laughs> she becomes like this totally different character. It was just so fun, man. It was just all the crazy stuff that happened during this one incident of that kid dying. So yeah. It was awesome, man. Definitely check it out. That sounds fun. All right. Well, speaking of fun, I had a lot of fun with this movie. I, I, I didn't get a chance did to. You know? I, I did. I, I didn't get a chance to um, brush up on it as much as I'd like to, but I remember it pretty well still. And this <laughs> Sounds was like a, you're preempting something. This was 1999's Being John Malkovich. <laughs> Sounds like Paul's gonna do a lot of work. Well, out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, my fear was it was gonna be like something we hadn't seen. Yeah. 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 Come yeah, on. We now. both know Being John Malkovich. Yeah. I, I absolutely probably one of the most brilliant scripts. Ever written. Yeah, probably. It, it that was and Memento, so much fun. probably the two yep. mm-hmm. biggest scripts. So. so, yeah, so John Cusack is kind of like, um, he's like a puppeteer, right? Yep. Yeah. And, <laughs> but he's, he's, I mean, his main job, he's like a low level office worker. Right. Um, and he's married to Cameron Diaz. Um, and, wow, I can't think of the lady's name from Last Man on Earth that's in it. Um, Catherine. Uh, oh, Kinner. Catherine Keener. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, uh, she's not in that. I thought she was. No, you're thinking of uh, Ted Danson's wife. What was her name from... uh, uh, Oh, wait. Was she in it, too? Maybe they're both in it. I'm pretty sure. I'm thinking of the girl from... uh, what was the girl f- that Ted Danson? Our crack production to? team is working on it. <laughs> from Back to Future Three, you know? Yeah, yeah. I can't. Mary Steenburgen. No, I know she. She's definitely yeah. in La- Last Man on Earth. Uh, I didn't realize Catherine Keener was. I don't, oh. Keen- I don't think she was. Oh well, it, the internet's not always 100 percent correct. I'll check for you. And neither am I. Uh, um, so basically, I love he. He's going to work, and he works on the seven and a half floor in this building. Um, and overhead. What's Pass that? the savings on to you. Yeah, right? <laughs> that's my, my one of my girls' favorite movie lines ever. Really, is uh, why are these uh, ceilings so low? Low overhead. Pass savings on to you. <laughs> I love the the boss and the secretary. Yeah, uh, Mary Kay Place, who we'll talk about uh, next week in our character pod, plays the secretary who can't quite hear anything anyone's saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really um, well, and also like they have to they stop the elevator like they emergency stop it and they get a crowbar and they open the elevator with the crowbar in and order to be able to get out. in there. Yeah. Um, and so eventually he finds this door <laughs> and this door, he goes into it and it's like, it, it takes him inside John Malkovich and like, <laughs> like in, in his, his head, in his head, you in his head. See, it's like POV style. Yeah. Going like you see and feel and everything you're controlling John Malkovich. Yeah. And he's a puppeteer. So like he, you know, he eventually even uses John Malkovich to, to get be, famous, to get quits famous. acting to go just follow his passion, man. Yeah. Puppeteering, you know. Yeah, she wasn't in. Uh, oh, my bad. Prosperous. It was uh, January Jones, Kristen Shaw, and uh, yeah, uh, Mary Steenburgen. Okay, um, and also like there's like this love triangle between her and Kevin <laughs> uh, Keener, and this was one of the first things we saw her in. Remember, this was around the same time that she ended up doing uh, Death to Smoochie. Yeah. That was the other big mm-hmm. movie she had done oh, at wow, the time. Yeah. She kind of became famous all. Of the- Safari. Um, Yeah. Well, and and so when so what happens is like you you're you're in you're in 
his head for like 12 minutes uh-huh. and then it kicks you out on the side of the new jersey turnpike yeah on the side of the road into a ditch and you know you almost go down through this like slide almost thing uh-huh. and you, you get dumped out and then you have to actually run back to the office if you want to go back in yeah and malkovich doesn't know you're in him if right. you, if you just keep quiet if you just keep quiet you don't say a word and you just are an observer yeah malkovich can't tell you're there but it's, it's a crazy uh concept is to even talk about and man they, they must have had malkovich on board when they oh, were yeah. writing it or maybe someone wrote it and said because you could easily change it to being, being, george, being george clooney if it didn't yeah, work out exactly you know? but he probably wrote it and brought it to him and said it's, it's so clever you, you gotta do it man being john Turturro would have been pretty good yeah and <laughs> being john <Turturro> <laughs> Uh, yeah, dude. It was just, but it was all about you know. It brought out these kind of uh, these weird elements in it that if Malkovich went into his own uh, his own thing, remember? Yeah, oh, yeah. that's what he does. John Malkovich, Malkovich eventually Malkovich, finds Malkovich, out. Malkovich, <laughs> Malkovich, eventually Malkovich, finds Malkovich. out. So it's like Malkovich. This, it turns out to this existential kind of nightmare for him where he goes into his own brain and he can yeah. see what it is and everybody's very Malkovich. weird man yeah yeah but when the script was such a weird concept it allowed you to do whatever the hell you wanted mm-hmm. you know and it must have been I, I feel like everyone that they brought this script to they were like wow this is just so weird that you got to do yeah you know? no it, it's so much fun it was too. really fun man and it's because eventually like multiple people start going into him. He starts renting it out. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, Malkovich is in line at some point until he starts cutting. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Oh, shit. Oh, oh God. Yeah. That, that like, uh, fight they have on the side of the turnpike when he gets spitted out and everything mm-hmm. and he's it's my head yeah and then someone it's randomly someone randomly throws a beer can at him on the yeah. side of the road. <laughs> they made a they made a song with that quote. With him going, it's yeah, my yeah. head. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I forgot. It reminds about that. me, and I, oh man, if I had thought of this early, I'm not going to replace. I'm not. I'm not going wild card. No. Uh, I but this, this one, one I should mention. One around, uh, like you can't each have a one. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to do a wild card. But there was one I should mention that I could have easily had on there that is just as ingenious. And if I had thought about it before, I probably would have put it on here. It was that Paul Giamatti Cold Souls movie? Oh yeah, yeah where yeah, he yeah. gets his soul removed. I don't know if that's indie. Though. Uh, oh, it's very indie, man. Really? Yeah, it's very indie. Uh, it's hey, hardly says, any... If Paul says it's indie, check that, bu- it's check indie. that budget. It's no. indie. <laughs> it's, it's super low budget. There's only a uh, there's not a whole lot of people in there. But Paul Giamatti plays himself, and he goes to the service where David Strathairn uh, tells him he can take his soul out of his body and keep it in cold storage. And then uh, you feel so relieved about the soul as part of your body. But then when he does it, he realizes he can't taste certain things. He can't make love to his wife. So he wants huh. it back, and they realize we lost your soul. Uh, it's in Russia someplace. Oh, you wow. have to, uh, and the people in Russia's, it was great when he gets there and they were like, we honestly did, we didn't know you were getting Paul Giamatti's soul. We thought we were getting Pacino's soul anyways. And, uh, <laughs> but he had to track down his soul. It was hilarious. That's funny. Yeah. All right. Was that you? That was you, Dave? It's on Dave. No, now. it's on Dave. It's on me. All right. This is another one of those indie movies and we've already kind of talked about him a little bit, but uh, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is also one of the big indie movies, man. When you think, time, uh, yeah. yeah, when you think uh, Easy Rider, Blair Witch Project, Reservoir Dogs should come right up there because this was one that he came out of left field. You know, he had written a couple scripts before. He wrote the script for True Romance and Natural Born Killers, but it took a great script for Reservoir Dogs and getting Harvey Keitel on board to make it happen. That's what what really made it. 
yeah. pop off, right? Oh, yeah. Co- when the cartel yeah. Goes, His mom worked cartel. somewhat in the business, so he, he kind of got a little foot in the door here and there just to talk to some low-level guys, but doing it he that sold route. scripts. Yeah, well, that was the thing. He, so he had a name. He, he sold just, a script, I mean. But he wanted to direct it. Yeah, no. Oliver Stone took one of his scripts, and uh, what was the other one? Uh, Tony Scott did the other one, so. Yeah, it's a pretty good resume. Yeah, it is pretty good just to have that. So, Reservoir Dogs. I remember watching this for the first time, and it just blew me away, man. And oh, yeah. It was kind of the beginning of the era of the fractured time frame. Yep. He, like, the Quentin jump around. Really did that. Yeah. That was kind of his spiel. Spiel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't fracture his title. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but it was great. I mean, the cast was great. The violence was. How many F words was in this movie? Yeah, it pushed the envelope for F words and for violence. And the violence was. It wasn't as much violence. It was just blood, uh, because you know a lot of it was off camera. Yeah, I mean that camera. That ear cut was off camera. A lot of people don't realize they. But uh, what's his name? Got shot in the, the guy that got shot in the stomach. Yeah, Tim so Roth. names. Let's Tim, name some yeah. of the actors. So we got Tim Roth. You don't need to pull anything up. No, <laughs> Tim Roth, Harvey Keitel, Steve Buscemi. Uh, I don't know who Mr. Brown. What's is. Uh, Chris Penn? Chris Penn. Uh, Mr. Brown is the uh, that real life uh, prisoner. That's right. Yep. That's right. Uh, you also got Lawrence Tierney playing the big guy. The dad. The when dad. A crazy voice. Yeah. Michael Madsen. That's right. And uh, I think that's it. Yep. And uh, it was phenomenal, man. And that was one of those things that it just started with the heist. It started with that bad heist that went wrong. And it allowed the audience yep. to figure it out. I love those mystery movies. And it, because it's not a mystery. You know, well, that's, the what, greatest it, that's scene, what they the, can the add to The greatest part of that whole movie is the chapter when it came out when Tim Roth was on the building. Practicing, practicing the script. The story. And the stuff yeah. with him and the guy. You found out oh, he was a cop. You're like, fuck, holy man. shit, that guy's a cop. You already knew he got yeah. shot. Yeah. That whole that whole stretch of like 15 minutes when you realized that how he worked his way into that thing, all the way I mean, up to him practicing to him actually doing it in the bar was yeah. really clever. I felt bad. You felt bad for Harvey Keitel because he really oh, yeah, wanted to support his... He would have yeah. went He's, down, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. Stop man. pointing Ugh. that gun at my dad. Oh. <laughs> There was so many great elements. Steve Buscemi, he was the only professional. Yeah, no, and, and he <laughs> was too. I've always been a fan of figuring out movies and then introducing other people to them. Uh, always has yeah, been yeah, my yeah. thing, and probably no more than any other movie was Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. I was like, you got to see this, man. I said, there is nothing out there like this. That way, and that's the reason I worked at the video store at the time too, so I had known about it before it had, had uh, even come super popular. I had brought it home. And his music was always great. Music was always great, all 70s uh-huh. music. Uh, that's why when Pulp was Fiction came sounds out... sounds of the 70s? Yeah, it was Stephen... Like K-Rock? Was it Stephen Wright? Right? Uh, yeah. People forget when, when Pulp Fiction came out, People didn't know what the fuck that was. People didn't know who Quentin Tarantino was. No one had seen Reservoir Dogs. Only a small yeah, portion yeah, of yeah, people right. had seen but Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs must have blown up yeah. after Pulp Fiction. Oh, shit, yeah. yeah. That was one of those movies where people went back after the fact yeah, to yeah. watch it because Pulp Fiction, they knew it won the Cannes Film Festival Palme d'Or. But that, other than that, Which, and that was you great. Name the last one? Name movie that won it this year? No. Yeah, I used for a while there. I did know all the ones that were winning. It's always a good movie. Always a good movie. Mm-hmm. If you, Shit, if it you might go be the one that. that's coming out now. I heard it got a six-minute standing ovation. Which one? The uh, Quentin Tarantino movie that's oh, coming yeah. out. Oh yeah, yeah. All his movies do really well. I can't. Once upon he's a time like a, in Hollywood. Or yeah, he's like a god. Uh, two <laughs> weeks from tomorrow, that comes out. That'll be our uh, fascinated with films field trip. Should bring the H six there and interview people outside coming out. 
It's like, what'd you think? <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to see any Quentin Tarantino movie I'm excited for. And it's he's a phenomenal director, but he's even a more phenomenal writer. You know, he writes stuff. He brings in pop culture. And when he can actually do a movie, is this the first one where he's straight up doing a uh, true story? Like a historical. Mm-hmm. For, yeah. More so than anything else. I mean, you could argue that a lot of Inglorious Bastards was based on some true stuff. I mean, obviously not how Hitler's demise was and everything. So he added some. Uh, uh, falsehoods to it, but I think this one's a straight up. I'm talking Bruce. Lee, I'm talking Bruce Lee. We're talking Sharon Tate. We're talking Charles Manson. It's everything that's going on at that time period. So uh, I'm super excited Hell yeah. to see it. And Brad Pitt in a in a Tarantino movie. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you don't get to see Brad Pitt in the uh, and that uh, Margot Robbie. Although he was in, uh, right he was in. Oh, Waves and Glorious Bastards. Yeah. Oh, was he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he was also in. Even though he was in. Uh, that one movie with Christian Slater, remember? He's a, he was Floyd on the couch. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That was, yeah, that wasn't directed, but then right, he, was, he did write him. It so. was Tarantino movie. That counts. All right. <laughs> Reservoir Dogs. My next one, and it's <laughs> a lot of people. Don't me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking kill you, man. <laughs> uh, this next one, and they'll be bringing it down here a little bit. Uh, <laughs> oh, great. I, it, yeah, even though a go. lot of people had uh, some tough times watching Reservoir Dogs, it wasn't for your average viewer. Our dad certainly did not appreciate it. No, he did not. <laughs> but this next one, it was another movie I saw twice, possibly three times in the theater, definitely twice, because I remember going to see it in Gainesville, and then I visited my friend Carrie when she lived down in uh, Sarasota and took her to see it, and she loved it. It's a difficult movie at times. It's not really difficult until the very end, but you could tell through the whole movie it's that impending, like, it's going to get difficult any moment here. Uh, and that's 1999's Boys Don't Cry. Hillary Swank. Yep. Hillary Swank won the Oscar for this, man. She, Hillary Swank's won two Oscars, and for this and for Million, Million Dollar, Dollar Baby. Baby. Yeah. And uh, this was the first thing I had seen her in. I think this is the first thing anyone had seen her in other than people that had seen her in uh, uh, 90210. In the later seasons mm-hmm. of 90210, she had come on as a cast member. A uh, lot of amazing indie actors came out of this flick, man. And are you familiar with this movie, Justin? I'm trying to. I'm. Peter I can't Starsky. really remember. It's the it. true story this? of Brandon Tina, who was a transgendered uh, female to male uh, man at the time. Uh, in this time period, is it's in like right outside Nebraska. I remember, a lot of it's in Lincoln, Nebraska, is the main city. It in the nineties. It's right outside there, and it's a true story that happened in the nineties. And I'll I'll kind of tell you the 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 true thing first, and then I'll kind of work my way back. So there'll be spoilers here, but this is based on a true story. And uh, this an this was actually made because the director I think made a short about uh, the true story about uh, Brandon Tina. So she was born Tina Brandon. She transitioned. She had a cousin that knew she did it, and she was just getting in all sorts of trouble at the times. And she was uh, not telling people she had uh, transitioned, and so she would take it to the point where somebody found out, and she would get her ass kicked. And she wasn't. She was constantly stealing cars and in trouble with crime. So she was kind of on the edge, and ended up in the small rural town outside of Nebraska. And met this group of people that she really connected with, uh, two guys and two girls. One of the girls was played by, uh, what's the uh, girl from, um, damn, no, uh, Chloe Sarvani. Uh, yeah. Chloe Sarvani was the girl. The guy was Peter Skarsgård. 
And uh, you had Becky, the original Becky from Roseanne, who That's played right. an amazing role in this. And you also had the kid from, you remember Empire Records? Mm-hmm. Remember the kid who kept shoplifting stuff? Yep. Uh, oh, he yeah. played the really kind of creepy guy in this. And he, I heard some true stories about how difficult this movie was to him. Oh, he, would leave, him. he would leave the set in tears. And he said he, oh, wow. he, he, it was really hard to do. Uh, so what happens is she gets this great friendship and they all start drinking together and doing drugs and hanging out and getting fights and to the point where you know how you were in like your uh, like 19, 20, you were just hanging out at one person's house all the time and then you'd hang out at another person's house and you'd sleep on the floor and do all that and that's kind of the relationship they had. <laughs> and she became really infatuated with the Chloe Savani character and the reverse, her to him. Uh, and... They had some serious kind of sexual moments. Uh, obviously, she had not completely transitioned, so she kept like a, uh, a dildo on mm-hmm. her. And so she had sex with Chloe Savani without Chloe Savani not even realizing that she wasn't a guy. Uh, she found out way later uh, that that's the case. But she had gotten to the point where she probably should have just told her because at the uh, at the point towards the end, she had fell in love with her that she didn't really even give a shit. No. You know, it was her friends. Yeah, when yeah. the friends found out, they became livid that they, that uh, Brandon had lied to them and uh, it, it started slowly, it started MySpace slowly page. leaking out and that's, <laughs> that's, that's appropriate revenge. What's Del- that? They could have just deleted her MySpace page. And yeah, yeah or just uh, told her to go away or something. She <laughs> wasn't even from that town. But they confronted her, and this is where the movie got difficult to the point where a couple weeks ago, and I had seen this several times, that uh, there's, a, there's a major rape scene in this movie where the two main guys, the guy from Empire Records and Peter Skarsgård, who just started his career out, uh, she, he's married to uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal, Gyllenhaal yeah, in real life. And uh, they confront her, they pull her pants down, they see that uh, she's a girl, and... Uh, they, you think that's all it is that they were going to embarrass her and everything and then they th- for some reason they couldn't stand it and uh, they showed up to her house they grabbed uh, they grabbed him brought him out in the middle of nowhere and it's a, a, a 10 minute horrific rape scene well it and it doesn't even go from there so she she comes home she shows up at uh, Becky's house and at uh, Chloe Stavani's and they're taking care uh, taking care of him and uh, Peter Skarsgård comes in because he realizes that there's witnesses. And so this is the real true story. So he busts through the door, uh, grabs Hillary Swank, and uh, shoots him right under the chin and blows his brains out right there in the house. And then uh, Becky is screaming, and Becky's got a toddler, like a one-year-old mm-hmm. run, and this would made it really difficult. The kid from Empire Records just shot, shot her right in the head, she dropped on the ground, and you get to see the baby crying, walking over his Jesus dead mother Christ. and everything. And these guys are still in prison for this horrible, horrible crime that was uh, committed on this person who has finally found happiness, you know? He uh, had so much difficulties being transgender, and he finally found somebody that would uh, accept him for who he was. And this was early on where no mm-hmm. one was understanding this. Right, it was like yeah. the 80s, I think. I think it was probably more like the 80s when it happened. And... Uh, then these two dumbass motherfuckers who are like so many other rednecks, intolerable people in the world just could not live with the fact that they were like tricked, I guess. Right. And to the point where now 
I'm sure they're regretting it now because they're still in prison, rotten where they should. Mm. But this was the first case of kind of transgender violence, or even uh, probably not the first case, uh, but definitely the most yeah, public. Yeah, I mean another public one was probably the Matthew Sweet one. He yeah. wasn't transgender; he was just uh, gay. Yeah, remember but remember that. how horrible that was? I was yeah. in high school when that uh, came. They made out, a movie man. about that too. Did I they? Think. Did they make I'm, a movie about I'm it? Pretty yeah. sure they it's, did. It's difficult, but it's one of those movies that this won her an Oscar, and she deserved it, man. She was so phenomenal in it. Uh, and it brought to light these horrible things and true life cases sometimes are horrible things but alright on that note I'm gonna go have a cigarette because that was heavy as fuck Damn, I will man. never watch that movie and, Jesus and it's it's hard like I said it's the last 15 minutes are difficult the rest yeah. of the movie it's a fun well, movie man. stop it it's, yeah right I'm just 15 being, minutes that's what I did yeah right me and my wife were watching it and everything and right yeah. when it happened like, I, oh. I think she was gonna ask me are you gonna fast she had seen it too she's like you, I yeah. think she was gonna ask me are you gonna fast forward and, and I did I was like you only have to see that once I mean yeah. I got it but that first part of that movie, the first hour and a half, is such a fun movie, man. It's really great. You get to see this relationship with them and uh, and things turning out good for them. But it also had that element of like, oh, my God, you know yeah. she's going to get found out. What are these idiots going to do? Yeah. All right. You got something lighter? Okay. Well, let's <laughs> have a little fun. Um, this is probably the most indie movie I know, and that's uh, Project Threshold. Woo! Ta-da! <laughs> I forgot you had those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know. So uh, this was a movie. No, was it 10 years ago? Was it 10 years 2009? ago? 2009? 2009. All 10 right. years ago. Um, 10 years ago this October yep. is when we showed it, yeah. right? Yeah. Was it October? No, I thought we watched. We premiered it in like no, uh, the February or March. I thought that was like February or March. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, this is a movie that we did. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> this um, was uh, written and directed by me. It was produced and filmed by Dave. It was starred in by Justin. Yeah. Um, hour and 25? Hour and 30 maybe. Yeah, yeah. hour and 30 minute long uh, movie. Why don't I you like I, I, that I am dying like, to hear your synopsis. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, this is a story about like I guess there was what five, six subjects. Yeah, five, S- five. Okay, um, and these people have been abducted and taken to an underground kind of military style facility yeah. um, run by some He's scientists. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I know this movie well. Yeah. Um, and we did. We fractured the timeline in this one too to mm-hmm. to not reveal to the audience right away that this a lot of a ton of movies do that now. Yeah, the one we saw yesterday. Yeah, had, and it, it's, it's great. It's so, great because we we kind of start the movie out with these random people being kidnapped from their home by yeah. these menacing uh, guys in hazmat suits. One of them being Justin. So much fun. And uh, do you one still of them, have your hazmat suit. I still have the uh, the, mask. the mask. Yeah, that suit was falling apart yeah it didn't last <laughs> for you and paul paul uh, my buddy paul uh was great as the other hazmat guy yeah. in it he was they were both uh both him and paul are very tall guys so you know and uh yeah so they kidnapped all these subjects and then what happens yeah then so we they reveal. they take them down to this facility and they they Underground. tell them that's right yeah <laughs> um and they put these collars on their necks and they just tell them they're for your protection um, <laughs> and come to find out they're not for their protection they're shock collars that shock the living crap out of you if you're not subservient yeah do what the people said yeah um, the scene with you leading Tina into the woods <laughs> is my favorite scene for three reasons one Looks I good. had to create a whole <laughs> digital environment like the sounds of the digital leaves, leaves and 
every stick crunching. When yeah. you, if I was going to advertise my services, that's the scene yeah. that I would show somebody. Uh-huh. It's like there was no the sound. The scene where I they're carrying it. her in, though, you do a lot of noises that people won't realize, like the bed rustling, rustling and yeah. the uh, this alarm going off faintly yeah. in the background. Because but Dave was, also did the, the sound editing and the sound mixing in this movie. Sound he, design. He, sound design. <laughs> he, there was a lot because of some Get crappy audio. <laughs> because of some crappy audio, we had to ADR a bunch of stuff, yeah. and the, which is easy enough, but when you realize you have to recreate every sound effect that's going on that would be in that scene, it's kind I of difficult. Myself, uh, this incredible thing, yeah. and it it was it was challenging to, to look at a scene with a blank slate and say how can I? It was good too because I did the editing, so I, I yeah. could Dave could do something, and he says drop it at one minute and twenty one seconds, and if I drop it at that, it should fall in. He might have me bump it one notch here or there, but it would fall onto so the place perfectly. As a as a public announcement to all the budding filmmakers out there. Spend the money on audio equipment. Yeah, and scout your audio location first. Make sure there's not air conditioning, and yeah. refrigerators, and that you can't yeah. turn stuff off. Yeah. The funny thing is, the Silent Dove uh, beach scene should have been the loudest. Yeah, most, we didn't ADR at all. We didn't ADR at all. I don't think we ADR any of Silent Dove. No, but that yeah. the audio but that came probably should have been bad, and it was. It was. It good. wasn't. It was weird. But uh, yeah, and, and there's like a two-part thing going on to this. So we're seeing the subject side where they're interacting with the hazmat guys. But then halfway through the movie, we see the scientists that are actually watching the uh, subjects through the things and doing things to them. Yeah. So why don't you tell us uh, kind of – you could tell us the Jason Hedges kind of uh, ruse in this. Yeah, so um, he's he's a double agent. There is um, one, one of the subjects. Yeah, um, and uh, now – I'm trying to remember, which is always good because you you let one group of people know and that don't tell the other group. Like, yeah, I, I was. We didn't know as an audience member until a certain point, and then once you did, you the were subjects like, didn't know. They, they well, never the audience do. knew. Yeah, you know. but they, watching them getting ready to find out was interesting. Well, because Jack does that uh, that presentation where no. they say, you know, somebody in there. Yeah, and he's like, he will go through everything the subjects yeah. go through. <laughs> Is that your favorite line? That's my favorite, it's my favorite Jack line. Yeah, yeah, when he passed away. We talked about that. Yeah. 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 And, uh, <laughs> we'll go through everything. That's yeah. And then someone's like, why does his voice sound weird like that? I was like, that's his voice. That's man. his voice. Yeah. No, it's great. And uh, yeah, we, it allowed us to do some crazy stuff to the subjects. And uh, my recommending to everyone uh, who's budding filmmakers is be prepared. We were super uber prepared. The only way you can get I made through so that. Many lists the only way we could get through that. We, we knew wardrobes because it was probably 23, 24 actors in this movie when you add it all up. And uh, they all had to have wardrobes and they had to uh, have applications when they were doing crazy stuff. The 17 day shoot. Yeah, the 17 day shoot. And, uh, and we like busted our ass. Yeah, we busted our ass. We got great locations. We probably we got the talents of many people just. Ooh, can for I give free. one more piece of advice? Do it. If you get a location, get everything you need from that location yeah. on that day, because the chances of you getting invited back, <laughs> very low. even if they promised you, it's very low. Uh. Because they, nobody, everybody's like, "Oh, you're gonna film an indie movie?" They think you, me, and him are coming in with a camera yeah. and yeah. a handheld light, and we'll be out of there in three hours. Right, and when yeah. you start wheeling dollies full of equipment in, well, people are like freaking the fuck. Especially out. at the courthouse. <laughs> yeah, we filmed in the basement of a courthouse uh, because I mean, I probably should not have written a basement into a Florida script, but I wrote a basement into it. We, <laughs> luckily, Dave found the. Uh, yeah. uh, 
we wanted, had to meet. He wanted with, a, yeah. We had to meet with judges and uh, cops to be able to allowed in there, and then they locked our fake guns up because they wanted, they didn't want us to switch it with a real gun, or yeah. they wanted their safety. Because you know that plot, uh, you want to kill someone, so you, so you do a indie movie yeah. and switch the guns. Probably the <laughs> most ingenious thing we did oh. uh, for any of our movies was uh, me and Dave coming up with the concept of the fake wall. Yeah, yeah. The fake wall connecting all of our. We had like four separate locations that were all supposed to connect off of this one facility. Well, we got the main hallway in the in the basement of the courthouse where we filmed, and it was a very standard hallway, you know, white brick and everything. We got several pictures Perfect of lit it, and very hospital. Yeah, very hospital like. And we took pictures of the wall, and Dave brought it to a we took con- measurements. Uh, took of measurements the blocks, of the blocks, the depth and width and height of each block. And, and uh, we and brought it to a who was it? A contractor or something? No, it was. He, he, the guy that wanted to be part of the movie. Yeah. Remember, he wanted a bigger role and to he wanted yeah, to like and we tied, help write the we, script or something. We, we kicked him out. <laughs> it was one of the first people. Yeah. We, we fired him before he was even he, he wasn't even hired. Well he we built the him. wall and I paid him to build the wall. Yeah, that's what we And I helped him, him build the wall. That, I went over there I helped him yeah, measure out the board. That's really them. the only thing we wanted from him was to but build the wall. We matched the paint. Oh yeah. And did a luminosity test. But yeah. when you prop that door out behind in the health department, mm-hmm. Yeah, every time we and, opened the door, we would have that. And when he comes piece running in from into the health department, like when Michael comes running in and you see that wall behind there, yeah, never in a million. That years. was the best where it was. Where you could tell a little bit when it was outside at the top, right there, because it was a little tilted and the lighting was not as quite. It, it was believable. I'll tell you like this. It was this, believable. For I sure. don't. I don't know where it is in the movie. Like yeah. I couldn't point it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you know if you're at the top, it ain't there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you see a hallway, it ain't there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so and we had a blast doing it. What? Well, I wouldn't say that. I had a blast. I had Afterwards, I had so much fun doing it. It's stressful. It is stressful. It was. It It is super stressful. But I think when someone shows up at the first day and they're like, "I changed all my wardrobe, by the way." (laughs) Oh, and I want you to pay for it. (laughs) Here's your five hundred and seventy-five dollar bill. I handle stress pretty well, and as long as all the actors and the crew members are all on the same wavelength, we there's always. But they're not always. Not and there was we had a first opening scene was terrible. Yeah, it it. it started uh, bad. Uh, oh, in the subject quarters. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's when I just took the actors and said, "You guys are not doing a great job. You need to, <laughs> you need to take a half hour and work on it while we go out there and we'll work on something else." And then we came back in the room and they nailed it. Well, another thing that you guys didn't have to worry about that was I had to download those cards. Yeah, and remember how proprietary that stuff was. Oh yeah, you couldn't re- you you downloaded it and it said it was there. But it didn't show you a picture of anything. Yeah, yeah, it just had a had file sure. name. Ooh. How long did it take you to catalog all that information after? Wasn't it days? A couple and weeks. Days? Yeah, yeah, it was like weeks a couple weeks. That. I was just trying like, to download it. It was 24 it. hours of film. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. That's insane. And uh, yeah, there was uh, some amazing, amazing moments on it. And it's one of those things you don't realize when you're making an indie movie that everyone is having a different experience on it. You know, Justin's yeah. experience is different from Dave's. Dave's is different from mine. I handle stress really well. And. Uh, I know I've got Dave to uh, to deal with a lot of that crap too. I was dealing with a lot of the the shots, the script, and the I actors. I shouldn't have run the camera. Well, that was or the, that I was shouldn't the have produced it. Yeah, one of the other. we were all doing multiple jobs, which because, made it a little bit more stressful. But because I mean, I have to be in the shot, but ha- sometimes, like especially in the subject quarters, yeah. there was fifty people outside the door doing who knows what, and we had to get everybody ready. It's yeah, a planning was, logistical nightmare. If you can finish a movie, and if anybody says they ever did a movie, I don't even care how good it is. If you finished it, like if you had a 14-day shoot and you finished it and you put a product out, 
that's kudos to you. Yeah. You know, I mean, it helps if it's good. It's true. But, and I right. like this movie. It holds up. I can go back and watch it. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's obvious... That and Silent Dub both hold the, up. The, I think all the, of ours do. The, right? actor, the actors are who we could get Yeah, they're the who time. we get. Yeah, that's no. who we could get. Yeah. If we had money, if someone said, hey, I'll give you a million dollars... Like our, then we you would could have, have just, just paid me a million movie. dollars. I don't think there was a bad actor in Threshold. <laughs> there though. wasn't a bad actor in there. there not in Threshold. There, not in Threshold. There, there was a couple random bad ones in in Silent Dove, and there was some random bad ones in uh, Botched and we everything. Won't say but the names of no, you, you you guys know who you are. Also, fun fact: you married somebody. From... Yes, I married uh, my. Well, she was my best friend before I even uh, yeah. was started doing movies, and then when I told her we're doing movies i would throw her in all of them she's she had been in all of my movies except for the one short uh just the rupert elliott misfortunes of rupert elliott she was in every other movie besides that silent dove she was the the bikini clad girl and uh right. silent Shut dove up. she was the Johnny's. she was ethan's wife and uh even in uh botched she was one of the assassins at the end and everything we'll and then she played a, a she played a dead girl uh, um, Tina Maroney, I loved Tina in this she movie. I thought she was great. I, Michael Lopez Mata, we had a rough relationship at the beginning, but then he turned out great. I loved him. He was a lot better when, he's, he, when he, he came back to do his ADR. He was like a sweetheart, and I was like, "Where were you on the set?" <laughs> yeah. He was difficult. He was good. Jack obviously was. We could tell he was we're working v- with an v- old school valid, guy. Val- validation, I guess. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were always. What we were lucky about is we had actors that Michael were... Hedges, Hedges was amazing, Hedges was man. Uh, Mendoza. Mendoza. Mendoza was uh, classic. Kim. Mendoza could... Mo- uh, Mendoza would Kara be a household Winslow. name if he... Kara, Kara if he uh, was... Uh, well, she, her and uh, Andy had some small parts in it, so that stuff wasn't uh, too difficult. But I, they, like everyone else, what was great about them is they were willing to be there whenever yeah. and do whatever. Esther. They she was do. a huge part Esther of Esther was a thing. huge part of it. Uh, the guy who played Chris. Yeah, yeah Chris, Chris who played Duncan was great. And Cheek. Cheek was... Really Really great cheeks. to it. So there's a lot of uh, I love Kevin. Kevin uh, Shell right. Carpentary came in. who does a lot of cameos in our movies, and he was great too. It was it was fun, but there were some moments. Obviously, I didn't get to experience like people hanging out after the woods. Once I went and saw There Will Be Blood with with after the with movie? Tina with yeah with Tina Bobby and Kara. We all went after shooting. I think in the woods at uh, Benji's. You place. had to work every day, didn't you? Uh, no, during threshold, I had uh, Moen doing the uh, route. Oh, thankfully, he was able to do it. I'm yeah. surprised I wasn't freaking out about no. that. No stress. <laughs> no, he he he. Back then, he was he was he on was spot it. on. Yeah, he was spot on with that shit. He wouldn't miss anything. And thankfully, because it would have been hard. But yeah, we'll we'll do a whole separate Dupree film Dupree? production pod. Yeah, absolutely. One of these days, we could talk more about it and give kind when, of when our, insights on when our the indie next stuff. film is getting ready to come out. Then yeah. we'll we'll you know. Or uh, we still have what seven we'll, months to do a re- ten year reunion for yeah. uh, for Thrushell. I still think that's a good idea. Uh, oh, if, if you're doing it calendar. To 2019. Yeah. yeah, if we're doing it 2019. We do a 10-year reunion. I know a lot of people still in Florida, and they probably uh, travel up here for it, so it'd be fun. So, yeah, good stuff. Good yeah. pick, man. All right. <laughs> Dave, what you got? Ain't going to beat Project Threshold. It, it might. Oh, we should also mention, you can if you want to watch Project Threshold, go to YouTube and yeah. check out Project Threshold, uh, Dupree Film Production. You'll you'll see it. You can pull up the trailer. You can pull up uh, blooper reels and uh, the movie itself. It's free to watch. Check it out. Or you could send us money and we'll uh, nah. we'll send you the link. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I never true. cared if I made money off it. It would have been a special bonus if we had, but I did it. Because I it was want. Fun, yeah. it was I mean, fun. I was hoping people would see it and say, certainly, "Wow, certainly." We if we give these guys two million dollars, what would they? I still, I still think Netflix would buy it from you. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I've seen some of the crap on there. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's what I'm saying. Um, 
Yeah, this movie was great when it first came out. Benicio del Toro is awesome. Ryan Felipe, um, James Caan. It's called Way of the Gun. Oh, Juliette Lewis too. Juliet yeah, and Lewis. Jeffrey Lewis. I've Jeffrey heard of this Lewis one, too. but I've never seen it. Oh man, it's really great. It's a great crime. It's movie, one of my man. favorite opening scenes. Yeah, you movie. saw the opening scene. We sent it to you. I th- we sent the clip to you. I sent it to you. The one with uh, Sarah, Silverman. Sarah Silverman talking smack. Oh, that's why face. I remember it. The two it. of them yeah, are leaning yeah, against yeah. This, her boyfriend's oh car, God. and the alarm's going off. She's like, hey, dick fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Get off the goddamn car. She she goes into this like minute oh, and a half yeah. obscenity. Oh, baby fuckers. Oh, you like to fuck babies? Yeah. My boyfriend's going to fuck you in the ass. He's not even gay, but he'll do it for yeah. me. <laughs> oh my it's God. like the first time we ever saw Sarah Silverman. Yeah, I'm like, like who the fuck is this crazy It was the most vulgar mouth you've ever heard yeah it was crazy opening man uh <laughs> but the craziest part was the boy so the boyfriend's like she talks a lot of shit but she's not wrong i'm gonna yeah. I'm, you want a man dance <laughs> yeah. so uh benicio del toro hauls off and punches sarah Silver right in the, the nose shit out oh, of her breaks too. her nose yeah. and then the whole crowd just beats the fuck out of him yeah. yeah and you never know i think how well, they even how got it was how no- they even got put together the ryan philippi and the uh yeah. benicio del toro just, you just they were just they were. hired like muscle muscle you know? yeah and uh and the scene had nothing to do with anything yeah so like, the main it was kind of a raising Arizona type of uh, situation where uh, someone was trying to kidnap instead of kidnapping a baby they're trying to kidnap a pregnant lady yeah they were given they were at the remember they were at the they were doing hustles and they were donating sperm yeah remember the interviews that they crazy interviews yeah, yeah. I never he's like have you ever done this he's like well I never killed a man he's like I didn't says, ask why would that, that matter <laughs> <laughs> it should matter no, yeah, we yeah, don't yeah. ask that question yeah. Yeah. you should, you yeah. should. <laughs> exactly it was super there's a lot lot of comedy there in this is movie, a lot of comedy but a lot movie. of action oh. and kind of some dark Nikki stuff cats and tay diggs, tay them diggs as, a, as a in i know this is probably i don't want to jump forward to the end but yeah. this is probably tay one diggs. of your favorite death scenes yeah well was, spoiler alert tay diggs a lot of people die in this movie but tay diggs <laughs> most people die in this movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah it, it's like a almost like the shoot at the okay corral oh yeah end. very mm-hmm. had a very western or like kinda. uh butch cassidy and the sundance yep. kid very butch cassidy at the end but tay diggs takes a bullet to the neck in this movie and has the best death scene I've ever seen. It just was super realistic. It was the way he fell to the ground. It was the way he was trying to talk. He was looking up and he was blinking a certain way and you're like, mm-hmm. man, he killed it in this movie. What the hell has he ever gone on to do, man? He was in a lot back in the day. I thought Tay Diggs was yeah. going to be the next Denzel, but it didn't really turn out for him. Or he uh, punked out. So yeah, the, the premise was... He's like, I'm out. So tell us what happens from like the sperm bank. So at that they point. overhear, they see a detail bring in Juliette Lewis. So yeah. they're like, oh, she's somebody Important. rich, wife, surrogate. They didn't know they, she Yeah, they didn't know at that point she they was a surrogate. They didn't know she was a surrogate. So they... Like very pregnant. Plan this like heist. Eight months, nine yeah. months. Yep. Yeah. They plan this heist to snatch her at her next visit. Because mm-hmm. I think they hear the doctor. I think they hear the nurse telling her when she has to be back. Yeah. So they come back. They are opportunists. They are opportunists, I guess man. Say. And uh, the, it's very professional the way they did it. Yeah. They, you could tell that these guys were either ex-military, but the way they covered each other and they went around corners and stuff yeah. like that, you could tell that they, they knew what they were doing. And, and they came heavily armed, too, yeah. wherever they were doing. A lot of gun. A lot of gunfire yeah. in this movie. And so her detail was Nikki Cat yeah. and Tay Diggs. Well, and, and they would have failed because they put... They got to. They didn't get Juliette Lewis, and then then Nikki Katz puts Juliette Lewis on the on the elevator going up. Remember, yeah. and then she sees a chance to run. Yeah, she. I don't think she wanted to give. We don't know what her situation to, was yet. Yeah, but I think she wanted to keep the baby. Yeah. Why don't you tell us what's actually going on with her, or whose baby she was carrying? She there? was carrying the doctor's baby, right? 
was it the doctors? But it was going to be a surrogate. It was going to be a surrogate a for the mob boss, for the maid mob boss and his wife, who is uh, I don't. It wasn't. Uh, it it wasn't James. It was, Con. It, no, James, James Con, Con was, was like fixer. the main lieutenant he was the fixer. fixer. Yeah, yeah. Who so, hired Jeffrey Lewis to come in? Yep. And so what happens is Tay Diggs calls up, says, we want this amount of money. We want you to bring it down here. You know, we're going to bring the doctor. The doctor's going to deliver the baby, and then you're going to take the baby away and leave the money. So the plan was supposed to be that. Yeah. They were going to induce labor down in Mexico at a place. So James Conn is brought in to try to try to make the logistics. The problem is, is uh, Brian, Philippi, and uh, Benicio snatch Juliet Lewis yeah. at some point. And so they're just keeping her at a hotel, and they're kind of uh, almost immediately James Conn figures out where they are. Is she in labor? He shows up. She's not in labor no. yet. No. Oh, okay. And she they, never they is really. Induce. They induce at okay. some point uh, later on. That's when she was they down do in C-section. Mexico. Oh, it's, oh, it's, it's, it looked it looked gruesome, man. It, it looked gruesome. gruesome. Uh, but yeah, before that, they're held off into a little shitty hotel on the border where they're trying to make a deal. You know, Benicio runs into James Conn at some point and they have a drink together, almost like a heat style mm-hmm. drink, like yeah. with Pacino mm-hmm. and De Niro. And like, you know, this is not going to turn out good for you. You know, we got to have to come up with a deal and everything. And they're kind of talking around what actually there, needs to he happen. He offered him a million dollars right yep. there on the spot. Yep. Should have taken it. Should have taken it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he brings Jeffrey Lewis in, who's kind of washed up. He's kind of a washed was, up kind of fixer. He had a great scene when you, when the phone rang, when yeah. James Conn called and the phone rang. He was on the couch. It's a good scene. And yeah. he had four or five handguns with a bullet each. And he spun the dial on them. He was just he put them in a bag and he spun the bag and shook the bag up and grabbed a random gun, pulled the trigger, it didn't go off. The phone's still ringing. The phone has been ringing for like yeah, three yeah. or four minutes. Oh, wow. He like... You know Jeffrey Lewis if you looked him up too. He, he was in a shitload of Clint Eastwood movies. It's her and, dad, right? and it's Juliet Lewis's dad. He was real in a lot life. of westerns, a lot of westerns, a lot of Clint Eastwood, a lot of bartender uh, mm-hmm. roles. He, he's been in a shitload that you probably recognize Jeffrey Lewis in. He, uh, but yeah, he trails him down to Jeffrey Mexico. The, the plan doesn't go as as it's supposed to. Go. No, but there was the uh, craziest scene is when Ryan Phillippe tries to get away from gunfire, so he dives into the well. Ah. Uh, and yeah. the well is full of broken glass. Yeah. Was, oh, fuck. It's fucking And you see him. They, the camera's like ah, in there with him, and you see I him pull ah, large yeah, slivers out of his yes, arm. Yes. Oh, I can feel it already. Oh, it I was know, gross. Right? And it was, it was intense, man. That last 20 minutes, it was like the showdown, man, mm-hmm. where they had to like – it was like three floors in this like compound, which I swear they've used that compound in a lot of movies before. If they haven't, they should. Because yeah, because there's a huge fountain in the middle and everything around like it Lamanche is the building. Style. Yep, and that, so they had to go up three floors trying to find Juliette Lewis, and that's where they bust in, and Juliette Lewis is like they've, – they've like she's in the middle of – me beeping maybe you, that's uh, put, a, put a put a dollar put a dollar the in, the, in, the, in the nut jar <laughs> so yeah i mean it, it was exciting man and you got to see like top level actors in like this indie film like james the Conn music coming was in great the soundtrack was really great. good really good that, when they uh stretched nikki cat uh, uh, they attached like nikki cat's legs to a come along one of those cranks. Yeah. And then they, and they, they were asking him. They, want, the they needed to side. find out where uh, Juliet Lewis was, so they were just cranking Between him. Between two them. trees, his hands and his feet, and yeah. cranking that up. It was oh. done artsy, too, with like the uh, Yeah, the they sun. had like it was sun like in the, the background. They did a wide shot and when you they just, finally kill him. All you hear is the screams and him cranking that thing oh, over and over man. again. About how, how, you can't get horror any easier than that. That's yeah. sound effects and blood. Yeah. All right. This last one here. This is 1999's movie, and for the longest time, this was 
there was this is another depressing one. No, this okay. is upbeat, man. This was one of the ones Sweet. that if I was hanging out my house and my house was always the hang house back in the day and uh, we put movies on and everything, I would find out what people liked. But if you had not seen this movie, this movie was going on first. And uh, uh, my second movie that I would always ask people if they had seen was Donnie Darko and I usually put that on. But this movie, 1999, I'm telling you, 99, man, was uh, The Boondock Saints. Oh, hell yeah. God, I love The Boondock Saints. For some reason, I thought you were going to say kids. No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, Some I reason that I was actually us. hoping he wasn't going to say <laughs> yeah. kids. <laughs> if, you, if you haven't heard of uh, Boondock Saints, this is directed by uh, what's his name, Duffy. I can't remember. This there's a making of this movie, which is arguably this movie is one of my favorite movies. But the making of it is arguably even better. It's called Overnight. I think is the documentary, and it's about how this guy is crazy, the director, and it's about how he got Troy s- Duffy. Troy Duffy. He got so big so quick, and then he fell. Like you wouldn't believe it. He went on to, he did Boondock Saints too. And I, I will stress this when I talk Boondock Saints here. That second one is probably on my top five list of worst movies ever created. That w- second one was so fucking bad that I almost turned it off like seven times during it. It, was like, it wasn't great. It was so bad. Man. It wasn't great. So, so you're saying I should watch it? No. <laughs> it's a chance. Uh, this first one, if we want to talk fractured timelines, yep. mm-hmm. this is an education of what almost you can freeze do. freeze frame. Uh, it's so amazing how this movie is almost done in like chapters. Because what you've got here is you have... Uh, you got Norman Reedus and uh, I don't even remember who the, the, guy from the other Hugh guy. McGregor. Where's uh, this guy no. going? Hugh McGregor. Nowhere. Uh, <laughs> Norman it wasn't Hugh no. McGregor. And no, 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 Norman Reedus. No, it's Norman Reedus and the other guy. I can't remember his name, but it's not definitely not Hugh McGregor. Uh, and you got Willem Dafoe is a uh, uh, police detective, and the guy who plays Funny Man, who never Alex Rocco. Or, yeah, he wrote. Uh, uh, I think he was part writer on. He that. was. He did a lot of stuff. He was the real deal. That was guy Ron Jeremy on this uh, one. Ron Jeremy was in yeah. this. Yeah, oh, that was so great. See, when he's telling the joke. That second guy there. What's his name? Sean Patrick Flannery. Sean Patrick Flannery. That's yeah. the uh, the second guy. Yeah, David Delarocco. David Delarocco. Yeah, uh, and he played Rocco in the movie. Right. Uh, and you basically get these two brothers, these two Irish brothers who are just in South Boston, kind of they get wrapped up in this like horrible situation, and everything kind of like tailspins off of that one situation. Remember when they're they're drinking at the bar. And uh, the bartender, with the bartender Tourette's. with the Tourette's. Fuck, <laughs> fuck <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Russian mob comes in, and I guess the bartender owes money oh, and everything. And he's not going to pay. And it's on. Anymore. It's on St. Patty's Day, and he's not going to pay him. And they like kick the shit out of these Russian mobsters and yeah. set fire to their ass. Remember, yeah. poured alcohol on their ass and set break fire the to toilet it. over his head and, and, and break the. Uh, yeah, that wasn't that part. This was just at the bar. Oh, remember, okay. they came yeah, back right. later they on. Came back, yeah. When uh, you Sean piss off the Russian mob. Yeah. But yeah. they will get revenge. And that's exactly what happened. They they come up to where Redis and uh, Flannery is. They bust into their house. They uh, tie Sean Patrick Flannery to the toilet. And they uh, take Norman Redis. And they're like, we're going to go kill your brother. Yeah. Uh, and there's this great scene where they uh, bring Norman Redis out to the front door. And this is like eight stories up. And you get to see Sean Patrick Flannery get the adrenaline going. And he literally pulls the toilet off of the ground. Wouldn't be too hard. Uh, it's only two bolts. Yeah. I mean, if you, uh, but he, he pulls it off the ground because he's handcuffed to it. And then he goes to the roof and drops the toilet and jumps off at the same time yeah. just to uh, keep these guys from killing his brother. And all this crazy stuff happens. But the way we see this, do you remember how it is? Well, you know? the, I remember the. William Defoe shows up and tries to figure yeah. out how the fuck did these people so, die? Almost in a almost in the way of how great Memento was. Uh-huh. This movie would start with the very the, 
this movie would start. This, the crime scene, had already yeah, happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Each scene where the crime had already happened, and William Defoe would come in, and he plays this ultimate detective. But he also spoke directly to the camera too, didn't he? At times, mm. later in the movie, he did. Not at first. At first, okay. he was just dealing with the South Boston police, who were speculating how it went. Uh, yeah. down Detective Greenlee, though? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> Where are they going? Nowhere. Yeah. That's where you're going. <laughs> the interaction with him and them. He's like, I want a croissant with, yeah. <laughs> with jelly on I it. I think I might be in the mood for an espresso. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Willem Dafoe comes in as the badass. He who, should have on his card, I'll make you movie better. Yeah. It's true. It's true. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but that opening scene where he puts the music in his ears, yeah. and he goes and he looks at the whole crime yeah. scene, and then he literally like says, all right, gather around. This is what happened. Yeah. And then they show the audience. Yeah. And so every scene is the end of the scene you're about to watch so it was very clever uh, like the scene where they went in with the prostitutes and the peep rooms and everything mm-hmm. you got in there everything's trash you don't know what it is and he says remember he's good shooting shitty shooting, shitty yep. shooting. and he goes crossover yep. but I mean Alex uh, or uh, David Del Rock, uh, Rocco man he just stole this movie oh man. he was great he man tell <laughs> me the color of that cat if you could tell me the color of that cat I will shoot myself <laughs> in the head <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You can't tell his joke. No, you can't. But, oh, no, but yeah, but with Ron Jeremy. I'll have a coat. I'll have a yeah, coat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The scene where Willem Dafoe dressed up like uh, uh, in drag at the end. Oh, yeah. When, yeah, he, yeah. when he shoots that guy and his lips are flapping. I yeah. think it's one of the funniest things ever, man. The, the whole oh. movie, man, it's just very artsy, very well, well done. And Some Billy serious, Conley's Billy a Conley, badass man. in this movie. And I had never heard of him. Oh. No, he's from Head of the Class, man. Yeah. Billy Conley, the stand-up comedian? You never heard of Billy Conley? I had never heard of him. Wow, he's a stand-up comedian. I know man. he is. Uh, I've heard Scottish his stuff since then. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, no, awesome. yeah, I didn't I've know I've heard his stuff since oh, then. Well, yeah. I, I saw him. the movie, I had no idea who it was. I agree. And I went you to see who it was. Class, huh? No, I went to see who it was, and they... I couldn't find mo- all I could find is comedy, and I was like, yeah. "Wait a minute, is this the same dude?" Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was like, "Huh." I hadn't seen him since Head of the Class or has, one of his stand-up specials that I used to watch on HBO. Has one of my favorite dude, William Defoe lines in it. On which there was a fire. fire. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. That scene. That's the scene. Yeah. Because yeah. he's there when the guys sh- well, because all shooting sh- at each other. Yeah. What happens is the mob realizes. Oh, we didn't even really get into the kind of the meat of it. Where El Duce. Where where. where uh, Norman Reedus and Shaw Patrick Flannery have like a frailty moment where they think God has talking to them yeah, yeah. to clean up South Boston Street of anyone that they consider bad. But it happens. <laughs> you guys the... could do this every day. Yeah, but <laughs> if remember, God could they're... talk. He would tell you to do yeah. something about but yeah, City Street. You don't realize that it's kind of a family business that they're. Right. Uh, so they hire the mobsters. Get these get guys the, are killing so many mobsters that they decide to uh, to bring in the. El bring, in the, 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 bring in the Schwarzenegger of assassins. Like yeah. the king of assassins and everything. That rig he has up where he's got six guns all yeah. attached to man. And uh, we won't reveal the big kind of uh, thing of yeah. what's going on with him. Luke. But it's <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing, man? Yeah. <laughs> I said nothing. <laughs> yeah, I said nothing. <laughs> I know nothing. Uh, and from beginning to end, phenomenal. But from what I, I haven't seen the documentary, it's super hard to find. Huh. I can't find it anywhere. But from what I hear. You can't find it anywhere? Uh, from what I hear, it's amazing. That's hard of, to find. Of, I think he ended up. He had like nothing. This guy was a South Boston like bartender, and he had the what he had everything, and he lost it. Well, all. no, what what he had like basically what we were having when we were doing indie movies, and it made him like the hottest director ever. So he had more money than you could ever possibly do with. We he, missed that part, and he just because I would have been a good part. 
Yeah, well, this guy, this guy did not. He, <laughs> he took it to extreme levels, and he had like anger problems, and it, his life went crazy out of control after really? this movie. And it's, did he ever make it? But they back? show the the overnight is all about the making of Boondock Saints and how this had happened. So uh, I'll have to find it and uh, see if I can uh, tweet a link or something like that. Tweet a link. Oh, it'll be great. It's got to be someplace. I don't that's know. A, word. That's a good word, though. I like that. It's kind of like the second uh, one. Even if, even if the documentary was on Boondock Saints two, I don't think I could buy it. That's how bad it was. Oh, <laughs> you got to boycott. Not even put it down somewhere. Not <laughs> even my boy from uh, Traffic could fix that. Remember the Mexican guy that they were torturing uh, with the chili up. with the chili powder and everything. I don't remember it in Traffic. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah he he yeah, came yeah, in yeah, as yeah, like yeah. a third guy for the Boondock Saints, yeah, yeah. and even mm-hmm. he couldn't make it better, man. So, oh. yeah, definitely. If you haven't seen Boondock Saints, seriously, run, don't walk to check it out because it is absolutely worth it. I remember showing it to our mom, and uh, she, she bought it. it. She went and bought it the next day. Oh wow! Because she wanted to show Bob's it to Bob sure. because she knew Bob would love it too. It's, it instantly became one of her favorite movies of all time, and uh, I mean, my mom is. She likes good indie movies. She likes she likes good movies. So it's it's not unusual that she would like an indie movie like that. But still, I find it surprising that a lot of people haven't seen it. It was definitely one of those movies that got an audience at the video store. Yeah. Because at the video store, it was almost never available, and it was always on the walls recommended. Oh, here's a question. Maybe you don't remember this, but of all the movies they ever rented, what one was the most una- usually the most unavailable movie? It would have to. Uh, well, at the video store that I worked at. Uh-huh. Huh, that's that interesting. Uh, like, which one do you do you remember? One I remember. I remember specific there? ones that were weren't there. I, and we had several copies of it. But I remember when Tommy Boy came out, uh, you couldn't get it. Yeah, you couldn't get Tommy Boy. There were uh, there were several one. movies that came out at that time period. Uh, Judge Dredd uh, was super hard to get. We had that when I worked at the video store. It was a family owned one. It was really fun to work at. One of my most fun jobs. We had like a sheet that had the calendar on it and if you wanted uh we knew we were going to get 10 copies of judge dread you needed your name on that list if you wanted yeah. on day one because because mm. the to buy like the the vhs yeah of some of those movies oh was like 80 90 dollars yeah. yeah it yeah. was cr- yeah. i remember dad you had spent, to get them wholesale didn't dad spend like 90 yeah. bucks on one one uh, time for christmas for me uh star trek 5 the worst yeah. star trek movie i made <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh-huh. on it. 95? Yeah. Get- it was crazy but uh i remember accidentally short story i remember working at the video store and this guy would always be he was anal about it man he wanted every movie that came out on so day one so his name, name was on, on every list you, you would think but there were some movies i guess he didn't want uh but the big ones he did and i forgot to put him on the oh, list for shit. one day oh, he shit. lost his shit really at the really? store on everyone including me wow. and man he, we had to actually call the police and have him uh, escorted out of there holy he fuck. was throwing a fit man like to the point we thought he might come back in with a gun and shoot everyone like he mm, really that, was pissed that, he that's more of a movie. 2000s thing uh, yeah. Yeah. it was just post well we knew he wasn't yeah, no, really. yeah <laughs> this was back in a time period where we we knew he might hit one of us, but he wasn't going to come back in, I guess, yeah. and kill everyone. But, <laughs> but it was nowadays pissed. people I, don't fool around with their nowadays, shit, man. I don't. Yeah, you I used to follow. The, I was the guy who would follow people around when they were putting movies back, or an, that annoying guy. Do you steal them? Yeah, no, no. To putting movies back on the shelf to oh. be brought back because there were a lot of movies like I would have to go in and do you have this movie? Do you have that movie? No, man, we're out. It's all booked out. But they got clever after a while where they would. They would order 50 or 60 of them and then sell a lot of them used. I do remember calling up the video store one time, like for four or five days in a row, to try to get, I think it was 
when Back to the Future yep. came out. On. I remember being at the front door when uh, Big came out. I also remember being there when Beetlejuice came out. Uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, I was at the front door. I definitely remember being waiting outside uh, when the bat, they had a promotion where they were selling Batman, the 89 nice. Batman. 20 bucks would get you a free copy uh, on the day it came out, and I was there when the door opened. Now, I used Hell to know yeah. somebody that put sticky stuff in the in the return yeah. slot, and so people would come back to put the movie in the return slot, and it would get caught. <laughs> then they would come and take the movie. Oh. I, I don't know who that could have been. Yeah. I do remember somebody doing that. I remember that story. I, there was somebody that did it with the other person. I remember there was. <laughs> it was not you. It was my, uh, well, shit, I did, yeah. I did it myself. It was my friend's friend yeah. and the paperboard. My cousin, I told you. Uh, I think the statue of limitation is is. Uh, we got so much porn off of that. See, I'll, I'll rip off the, <laughs> the shroud here. Got more of we got more porn, but we did get a. Uh, I, we now, had, if you got a shitty movie, did you give it back to them? Uh, no, uh, we got uh, Crying Game came out of there once, and I kept it. I was like, I fucking love that movie. My, my cousin, I remember the only way I was allowed Crying Game is he was allowed the Mister Baseball. We got a couple hours later, nice. <laughs> but we definitely got a lot of porn. You would be amazed because we did it at night. We would camp out on the lawn right across from it it was a very unconventional movie drop where it was actually built into the building it was yeah, like yeah. a slide so uh-huh. yeah we would cover it in glue and sure as shit that stuff would stick there we couldn't believe it <laughs> and it uh, worked. you would be surprised how many people drop their pornos off at night <laughs> or you <laughs> wouldn't or you wouldn't be surprised yeah. i was gonna drop porno yeah. off that's what i would do uh, <laughs> all right well, <laughs> somebody out there is right now it's like what do they mean well, hey, dropping porno the, off? Yeah. <laughs> porno free those are <laughs> those are independent films too <laughs> yeah they are. i could have oh, that's should've. right behind the green door i'm yeah. switching on <laughs> shit <laughs> too late Maybe uh, next time. Part two. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll probably, we, we could very possibly next year do a part two of this, but uh, that'll be it for this week. Next week, we have, uh, we're going to do the character actresses pod. A great list of 15. We mentioned two of the ladies uh, just during this pod, Kelly McDonald and uh, Mary Kate Blaze. Well, let's throw another one in there. Who, who else did I have on that list? Uh, damn, I already forgot. Whoopi. Whoopi. Yeah, Whoopi oh, Goldberg. Yeah. Who, who's arguably a pretty big star, but she has done more co-starring she's, and character actor stuff than anything. Than she ever was. Yeah, yeah. And now she's on The View <laughs> and she's she's happy doing her thing, but uh, uh, she was huge back in the day, man. Molly, you in danger, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's my favorite line. Uh, but then after that, we're going to do an animals pod. Any, pod, any movie that uh, kind of centers on any kind of animal, and that could go like... Jurassic Park or anything, uh, anything Death in between, you know. Sharknado. Sharknado for sure. <laughs> Maybe crawl yeah. if I go uh, see it. Yeah. Don't say too many because crawl you can't comes use up. Them. <laughs> I can use them. I'm just you, not talking about it. You gonna take Kangaroo Jack from me? Yeah, take it, take it. Yeah. <laughs> Dunstan checks in. I'll fucking, I'll fight you for that shit. <laughs> What's awesome. the Air Bud? Air Bud. Oh, Hell yeah, man. see, now you're see? taking him from me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you wanna, if you listen to us on Sci- SoundCloud or iTunes, and I know you are, uh, you can leave us a like or a comment. <laughs> no, you are, or you wouldn't be hearing us. <laughs> uh, leave us a like and a comment. Otherwise, you're in that room, right? Over <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Go team, go. <laughs> Uh, or if you want to uh, shoot us an email, it's fascinatingwithfilms at uh, gmail.com, or we're also on Facebook at Fascinating Films. Uh, we will gladly answer all your questions and uh, comments for sure. But uh, I think that's it for this week. Till next we'll week. We'll call it a day? All right. Yeah. <laughs> Till next week. See ya. Peace. Bye. He will go through everything the subjects go through. Bye.